Yes, it's that time of the week again. It's time for the Guff Stream with your hosts, Hector Drummond and the other guy. I've forgotten his name. I think it's Steve Boggart. It's irrelevant. Simon Roberts. Yes, Simon it's Roberts. me. It's me how, how, da how dare I? I? Indeed, how dare you? I'm coming up with a film quote in just one second. Here it comes. Here we go. Yes, he's a nutcase. Most of these titled flea bags are. Rich knobs and privileged arseholes can afford to be bonkers. They're living in a dream world, aren't they, sir? Life's made too easy for them. They don't have to earn a living, so they just do what they want to. Can we guess the film? Oh, I know that one. Yeah, do you've you? Been, you've, been, you've been taking my recommendations, haven't you? Well, I might have been. I might have been watching a certain film last night. I only got through the first half of it, though, because it's, uh, it's, quite, um, it's quite zany, isn't it? Mm. It's quite startling when you first uh, watch it. It's not what you expect. Um, oh, I, suppose, I suppose it isn't, actually. There we go. Joe got it. No, London Joe Raiders didn't get it. Thank God. Right, okay, for a change. Yes, it's The Ruling Class with Peter O'Toole from 1972, and it's a weird film, isn't it? But that, that character who has that line, who is uh, the butler, Tucker, played by Arthur Lowe, um, he's a fantastic character. I mean, it's a spoiler it alert. Because yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's only in the first few minutes of the film. He learns that, you know, the Lord and the Master... Oh, no, 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 spo no spoilers. Oh, no spoilers. I've, got to, I've got to say no. this, surely. Sure, no. Sure, well, even, even from the beginning of the film. I mean, surely, surely, surely. I've got to be able to say this. I mean, the bit where they read out the will. Come on. Yes, And he, get, okay. he gets the money. And, and it's a very sombre occasion. And then he just breaks out into a little musical number to celebrate, you know, yay, I'm loaded. <laughs> and he starts dancing around the room and it's just off the wall. But um, it is a very interesting film. Very interesting film. It is indeed. And you haven't yeah. even seen the second half. Yes, yes, indeed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save that up for uh, sometime in the latter part of my life when I have lots of time because it's quite a long film. It's two, over two hours long. It no. is. We might we might even do a, a a culture show on it. You know, you know, we had this idea of doing like a Morgoth type culture review show as well. well we never got around to it. I think we still should, we should do, do that do uh, that book we were talking about. You know, and uh, get some of this stuff underway. Because I, I read the book in the CIA time. and the hippie stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna def we are yeah. going to do that. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. I mean, the real quote of the week really should be actually this one, which I'll do in my my best voice. You're the prince, mate. You know that, don't you? John Thor, as Jack Regan, last episode of The Sweeney, saying goodbye to Dennis Waterman, who passed this week. And I'm sure the Nice Things boys will have something to say when uh, the next show comes up. But that is a sad loss. And that is an <coughs> end of the era thing for me. Um, you know, Dennis Waterman was one of those actors. I thought he would just sort of go on forever. But alas, no, he's only 74. Yeah, I, I thought he'd go on forever. I, I, must have, I was go going to get a clip of him singing the Minder theme. I forgot to do that. Because uh, it's, it's it's he actually sings it quite well. He's actually got quite a good voice. I could be so good for you. I mean, he doesn't have like a, a beautiful, you like you want to. A beautiful Freddie Mercury type voice. He's he's a sort of a pub singer, but he he sings what he sings really well. Yeah. Oh, he's he's he's. I mean, he's kind of that sort of um, that sort of moment, you know, where Chaz and Dave were coming out, and sort of you'd had sort of a bit earlier in the seventies, you'd had the kind of pub rockers like Doctor Feelgood, one of my favourites, and um, this, you know, he just had that sort of uh, you know kind of um, louche kind of. I remember the video for I could be so good for you. I think he's like wandering around, you know, Walworth Market or something like that. Yeah, yeah. and it all looks very cosy. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's a sad thing. I I, I I met him once, of course, on a set. I was right. doing uh, yes, I did. Well, actually, I did a couple of times. I did new tricks. Um, 
I, I, it was only extras work and I was always playing sort of armed policemen and stuff. But I remember we were in some church in, uh, was it Putney or something? It was like a graveyard late at night. And we were all just kind of taking a break in the church and he was sitting there with James Bolam, I think. And uh, we were all just having a cup of tea and he was just sort of looking at us because we were all dressed in our armed police gear and he was kind of freaked out. He's gone, where'd you get all that gear? And I just said eBay and he, he kind of freaked out. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I like how you added it was just some extras work as though to distinguish it from your your non-extra your my, extensive my body of non-extras work you mean my non-acting non-work yeah the, 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 the work that i never actually got yeah it was just a background artists they like to be called they get very precious extras when you call them extras um but um it was always a job where you would be like called out to a horrible industrial estate in north london at like the crack of dawn 6 37 in the morning you'd be shown to a bus where they'd give you a bacon sandwich and a cup of tea you'd wait there all day and then at seven o'clock in the evening they'd say right we want you blokes dressed as armed police to run up these stairs and kind of go you know oh please and uh and that would be that and that was i remember that was a job we did with james nesbitt or, or something and it was just like it was it was so dull the whole day we sat there did nothing and then seven o'clock in the evening they called us for like 20 yeah, that's minutes acting. that's that's the film business for you it was rubbish it wasn't it's even like, like it's even like that when you do your, your tim price videos you, you wait around in a crappy old well, that's, warehouse that's, for, for hours and hours that's a different that's a different league that's actual proper work that is but uh yes alphabet cat i do have an entry on imdb but that was for my advisor work on six days the film about the iranian embassy siege so are there any I, clips of you there. acting sorry being an expert thank, an armed policeman thank, thank god no i can't imagine this I, we did some silent witness i bet there we are some out did, there if people could find did, them if people can uh, find them there'll be a, a big reward well, yeah, i think yeah i think new tricks or well, we did one where we sort of we, we had to go this laundry in brixton and like smash in there with guns up and shouting and screaming and and there was a one where i was in a show with david tennant where we went to, we actually went to ealing studios for that one and that's funny because you go to ealing studios and you kind of go oh is this it it's just like a bunch of warehouses um off uh, a little side street in, in ealing and i had to be like a forensics guy there um with like a white suit on and goggles and a mask and then there was a close-up of my face as i was peering at something on the floor and like scraping it with a little brush and um it was like for all of half a second on the telly but uh yeah i'm out there i'm in, i'm in various things that um you may find somewhere in the remainder box of uh, you know older dvds somewhere but yeah it was um good and um, i've got to pull up london raider for criticizing your singing your singing is actually pretty good simon so don't let london raider yeah i wasn't off. giving it full vox there obviously you know i mean this is uh, this is a family show but uh, yeah i can uh, i think i can uh, i can uh, give you a a foreplay of uh, madrigals if you uh, care to uh, hear them uh, you know at some point we'll maybe prepare that for next week yeah, Peter O'Toole's finest role, says Alfred Cat, was in Supergirl. I didn't know he was in Supergirl. He was. He was. He was really? Supergirl's um, even Pervy uh, super sister. Right. A transgender, okay. transgender Supergirl. No, he was one of the wise old elders. I think. I don't think I yes. actually ever saw it. Maybe I saw a few minutes of it. Was it one of those kind of worlds like like Marlon Brando in the original Superman? You like you get an eminent actor to come in, kind of phone in the performance, take a million dollars, and then um, bugger off. I think he was in it for longer than Marlon Brando, but I. I it it doesn't impinge on my memory that film so i can't make any definitive pronouncements oh wow fox pop says he was in an episode of howard's way cult viewing from the uh, early 80s about uh, people who were um, sailboats and things um no, paul carmichael from nice things will be very interested to hear your stories of uh, 
how it's way because I think that's one of those do you, shows. Do you think not, the nice thing show is desperate enough now for, for material that they would have um Fox well, Pop on I don't know talk about his keep... ten seconds on how it's way when he was in the background. Yeah, I think they should. I mean, I think it would be it could be a very uh, interesting interview. I mean, I, I think there's a, there's a compendious knowledge those guys have. I just don't think that show is ever going to run out of stuff because the pair of them, the amount of stuff they know about 70s telly is just phenomenal i mean i thought i was the kind of you know bore who would talk about you know bbc drama serials from the late 70s but no they can do everything and not just the uh they make the an ass of it but they also make it entertaining as well well yeah they're, they're unlike, uh, unlike me yeah. yeah there you go and, and london raider is is name dropping again i've never met such a he's a worse name dropper than you i used to bowl to peter oh. at the indoor nets at lords oh no i mean that is a that is a that is a kudos story if that's true but I mean, surely was he was he able to actually stand still and hold a bat and not fall over? I mean, the last time I was aware of him was back in the mid to late '90s when he was in London doing um, Jeffrey Bernard is unwell at um, the theatre, just one of the ones next to Leicester Square. And I remember thinking, God, he looked like a wreck then. You know, I mean, obviously playing an alcoholic. He was no, he stopped. He stopped boozing in I can't really? remember when it was. It was the '80s or '90s or something. So you mean he? You mean he was just the, acting the doc, being drunk? Well, the doctor said, yeah, he was acting. The doctor said, you're going to die if you drink any, have another glass. So yeah. he stopped. Really? There were rumours that he took up dope instead, but I don't know oh, if okay. they are true or not. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, okay. So I didn't realise he, he he was an actor who could actually act being drunk. The amazing powers of uh, actors, folks. Um, well, he'd researched, the, he'd researched that um, state of mind enough times, I think, to know, that's the, to know that's how the thing. it went. Yeah, he'd done some uh, in-depth work with uh, Oliver Reed and Richard Harris uh, back in the day. And uh, and weren't they marvellous? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, before we get going, I'd just like to say, Are please... Are we not going already? Please subscribe. It. Well, it was just you waffling on about... Sorry. Your old as usual. Go on. Yeah. 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 Uh, just please subscribe and like the show, even if you don't like it. Just like it anyway, because that helps just, us. Yeah. Please subscribe if you haven't subscribed, even if you never intend, you tend to never listen to the show ever again. Yeah. Because it all, it helps. It helps. Again, that is recommended. Um, I have a new article up on... Uh, my well, my Patreon, Subscribestar, Locals, and Substack pages. Got to do four bloody pages now. Every article has to go up in four blinking pages because right. people like you know different platforms. So I put the links in the uh, chat earlier if you want to see them. But otherwise, yeah. just search for Hector Drummond on whatever platform you prefer. We might talk about that article a bit later if we run short of things to talk about. I'm worried that we might run short of things today because I have been completely out of it this week. I've just not been following the news cycle at all. Or, I've noticed although, you haven't tweeted much this week. I haven't tweeted at all, no. I, I just feel kind of like uh, uh, I'm in a state of anomie or uh, ennui, as you you're might lucky, say. Well, you're a lucky man, aren't you? Well, I mean, I'm just not kind of, I'm just kind of not feeling the love at the moment for uh, all the uh, intense hatred of uh, the uh, the uh, the elites in the world. I mean, although we, we do hate them, but I just haven't felt engaged to actually say anything. I've been sort of scrolling through everybody else's and my eyes have been going increasingly dead and sort of <coughs> and wondering. It's like, where did people find the energy anymore to even protest? I just feel... Oh, like my, my hatred is burning pretty, pretty strongly this week. I've, I've been oh. doing... Been to the nets a bit with the sun and actually feeling in quite good shape. I mean, I'm not in good shape, but I mean, I'm not feeling like I'm going to die every moment of my life like I was a few months ago. I'm now feeling I know that feeling. Not yeah. too bad. I, I noticed actually, you have been putting out some very, I must say, very relaxing tweets of um, very green and leafy cricket grounds around the place. And it all looks very classical and very English and very restrained and lovely with uh, uh, only the odd comment about people not wearing cricket whites, which I think somebody tweeted on one of those. Um, 
tweets that you had. Yes, yeah, so occasionally get people saying saying things like that and yeah. um, or complaining about not the umpires not being properly dressed or whatever. But but do you do you do you do your do your um, I mean I know your lad play, plays cricket. I mean does he play in cricket whites and you know those nice chunky crickety sweaters? I've always wanted one of those, but I don't think it's I can pull mostly, it off. It's mostly whites. Um, the county matches are in coloured clothes, but all the yeah. the club matches and the school matches are in whites. And his his club actually they do have chunky jumpers. They've got sort of sponsors jumpers which are made of synthetic yeah. material which you're supposed to wear. But some of the oh, some of the oh. lads have bought because he plays for the first eleven now. And some of the lads in the first eleven got together and bought themselves some nice proper chunky woolen jumpers. Yeah, which they're going to do another order obviously when they've got twelve people wanting to do it. They don't have the sponsor's name. I don't know how that goes down with the sponsor. Yeah. Because one of the guys in the club is works for the sponsor, and I don't know if he's going to complain about them wearing this, these jumpers that don't have the sponsor's name on. Oh, I just think that's ghastly. I mean, as London Raider says in the chat, if they're not in whites, it's just not cricket. Yeah, cricket whites matter. And uh, let me just put that out there. Um, but, um, you know, the thing about this cricket jumpers, they, they kind of, you have to be kind of slinky, rangy kind of, well, not fat like me, basically, person, really. You have to be kind of like Anthony Andrews in uh, Brideshead Revisited. You have to kind of look good with these sort of slinky, slouchy trousers and a, and a cricket jumper sort of tossed casually around your shoulders. And uh, it's a it's a tricky look to pull off, but it's a classic Lovely I look. Think, I think most people can pull off a cricket, proper cricket sweater look. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if you're fat and ugly anyway, you'll still look fat and ugly. But Are you trying to tell me something? Slightly, no, no, I'm not saying you. I just mean uh, in, in well, general, a person who's fat and ugly will they'll probably yeah. look slightly less fat and ugly in a cricket, good cricket sweater. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, as you say, I don't like all these kind of, you know, synthetics that you're talking about here. I mean, and, and, and like, bright colours. I mean, I remember I was shocked years ago when – because we had a black and white telly in our house in Australia for a long time. And then one day we got colour, I think. And it must might have been the era, or it might have been years later. Actually, I looked at a cricket match in colour, and I was shocked to see that they were wearing like coloured, coloured um, uniforms. You know, like the Australians were like green and yellow and stuff, and some people were like in red or blue. And I thought, this isn't cricket, surely. Did you think they were in white when you were watching? I did. I thought, thought everybody right. still dressed in white, and then yes, there must have been those a gap. whites look a bit bit dirty, don't they? they? Haven't washed those whites for a while. I just assumed bit, I needed to turn up the contrast on the telly. You remember the days where we had things like that? You know, you would turn up the contrast yeah, yeah, and the yeah. vertical hold, and uh, you know, make the telly do the proper. Thing. But I just, I really didn't know seriously for years, and then I saw it was in colour, and I thought, oh, I want to go back to the world of black and white, like World well, War Two. When the it was black and white nice. TV, we had we had a black and white TV downstairs in like the sort of basement converted well it was a converted garage area yeah and if someone was watching the color tv you'd watch the black and white downstairs but it didn't have a very good picture and you had to move the area around to you know to get the picture so it wasn't all fuzzy or going yeah. on the blink so yeah, yeah you didn't always get an accurate representation of of what was in front of the camera of anything yeah but it didn't yeah. it didn't really matter though i didn't really care it's quite yeah. happy to watch it in black and white really well, yeah, it, it was like uh, AM radio because I used to like, you know, some sometimes you know radio stations would be on AM and FM, but I would often listen to AM because I liked that. It's like it's like vinyl, it's like analog, the warm, comfy sound of of AM radio with all the sort of you know little sort of words and clicks and phase shifts in the sort of the tuning that you get that come out in sort of like little oh is that the sound of sort of wind on a on a misty moor that's coming through or or like wolves howling in the background <laughs> and it was just like. AM had variable signal quality, um, and it all added to the uh, the charm of it. Yeah. yeah, I should say also that it's strictly speaking, if you're going to be sticklers for this, it's not really whites, it's creams. 
right. own creams. Right. And some people talk about whites, but some people talk about creams. Is it more upper crust to talk about creams? You know, more sort of kosher, proper cricket? Mm, not really sure exactly. Yeah, fair enough. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, everything I know about cricket, folks, that's, uh, that's the whole story. Uh, I once had a cricket ball, and that's about as close as I got. Yeah, I was going to say something else there, but I've forgotten. So I guess Sorry. we shall. We shall Me talking move on. over you. Yeah. Oh, I, and, no, you weren't. No, I just too many things going on in my head. Yeah, jump uh, should... and show off the full glory of the belly beneath, says uh, Stephen J. James. A bit like polyester sport shirts, very unforgiving. I mean, that is my worry about uh, about uh, jumpers like uh, that because it would, uh, you know, it, the top bit, the arms and the shoulders are fine, but when it gets to the belly, ooh, it does ruin the effect. And uh, so yeah well I, shirts are the same though aren't they i mean anything which, well, they are which, for me now. which fits the yes. body contour is going to show it off so i suppose i'm thinking i'm thinking so going compare, back go compare on. It to jackets maybe i mean jackets i suppose are a bit better at hiding that sort of thing do you think it's time for caftans to make a comeback i'm, I'm thinking of going full demis Roussos and uh just having like an orange caftan with like uh, you know white hang on lids. hang on what happened to this these brilliant diets you were on <laughs> oh i stopped those yeah oh, yeah the fasting okay. the fasting well I did the, i'm going to do the fasting again but um i did stop for a bit and uh, enjoy not fasting i probably enjoyed it a bit too much in fact all those lovely uh, baguettes from sainsbury's that they do quite well actually i have to say and uh, yeah too many of them not a good thing and uh, it makes the old uh, tummy arm stick out a bit too much but um, there you are oh, that's what i was going to say yeah 97 alexander's comment about colored jumpers make sense in white ball cricket yeah it's the other way around though white balls were introduced because of the colored clothing uh, so the colored clothing if you know, you've got a team in 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 some sort of red or even with dark green or any sort of color really it makes it harder to see the red ball so they said well let's introduce white balls for that <laughs> white the other way around ah yeah white ball just doesn't feel right you know you want the sort of you know a, a, the lovely patina of a of a, a, a groin polished red ball yeah, clenched clenched firmly because i remember you meant to do that thing with putting your fingers either side of the seam aren't you that was one thing i kind of learned right. or from looking at other people do it yeah so yeah. kate emma says why do footy clubs do the same size shirts for their rather rotund fans as they do for the svelte footballers which you were mentioning yeah it's like yeah they should do is start coming out with um football caftans yeah yeah and don't get don't get an arsenal shirt yeah for the large man in your life get a, an arsenal yeah. caftan yeah yeah or if you want, want to go you know you do something different you can have a full sort of arab dish dash kind of uh, you know sort of you know, something will keep you cool in the heat <coughs> but will uh, you know allow you to display your allegiance to your favorite uh, footy club or uh, or whatever it is but uh, yeah Kate Emma says, I will fast when the food shortages come along. I think that is what I'm going to do. I tend to sort of go with the flow on these things, you know, plentiful food at the moment, probably not so much in the future. And then I will sort of learn to leave. Really, really, you should be fattening yourself up as much as possible now for when the, for the, the, the food shortages come. Ah, yes. So then you can just live off your own body fat for a few years. I was called, actually, funnily enough, in Australia, I was called the camel. Uh, at school for some reason. I think it was some kids saw me drinking a water fountain one day and I was there for like, you know, a couple of minutes because I, I sort of dehydrate sort of quickly in Australia. And and they started calling me the camel, living off my hump. <laughs> don't know why. Another kid used to call me Moses for some reason, but I don't know why. I think he was just mad. Right. Right. Um, can I remind viewers of the face mask cult book? My book, it is out. It is all about the madness of face masks. Um, and as well as sort of opinion, it's full of close analysis of the scientific literature uh, as well. So if you've got anyone telling you to follow the science, you just say, 
show them this book and said, I already did. Yeah. Because that's the following the science. And I should also remind people of my first book, my novel, Days of Wine and Cheese. You might be interested in that as well. Absolutely. It's a soon to be classic. And uh, you will find uh, that in uh, the times that are, are coming, when uh, we have uh, no uh, uh, you know, wood left to burn on the stove, it will be a very uh, sufficient uh, unto the task. If you need a, a book with lots of pages and an easy reading style, um, you will probably keep that one till last, at the very least. And then when things are really bad, you might, you might burn a few pages. And they are printed by Amazon. So you know, when you burn them, you can, oh. say, you can spit them and say, take that yeah. Amazon. Yeah, I suppose if it's Amazon, it's probably they've probably impregnated the pages with some kind of poison anyway to uh, reduce the number of people on the planet. I mean, I'm sure they're pretty yeah. devious like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now we're ahead of the news, aren't we? We're always ahead of the news. Yeah. I mean, you've seen the Guardian recently has been reporting the fact that um, the Keir Starmer beer gate um, oh, video yes. was oh, actually God. filmed by yeah. Ivo Dellingpole. Yeah. <laughs> now I think you mentioned I think you mentioned this or we mentioned it like about six months ago. Well, we knew about it. That was the thing. We <laughs> we knew it was him. But uh, but yes, yes, it was. Uh, I think it was obviously one of those things that we sort of kept quiet because you didn't want to draw attention to. You know, I mean, Ivo is um, James's son, obviously, and he's not particularly political. I mean, I think he spent a lot of time telling James like how embarrassing he was as a father. And uh, I didn't necessarily want to get involved. He's a sort of um, nice young man, um, good-looking chap. He's got the the golden yes, looks very of a good looking. pilot, and um, very bright and um, you know very good uh, good company. But um, yeah, we didn't want to pay it, sort of draw attention to it because uh, it could have got him a lot of a negative attitude. I think you did mention that though, didn't we? I think you slipped in a mention at one stage. <sighs> may have that may have happened i can't remember if it was on here or if it was somewhere else but uh yeah it was uh, interesting how that uh, came out and they sort of tried to go for james on it but it didn't really come off did it because i think uh sir keith or sir whatever he is was um was uh, getting a lot of heat for that stuff well the the labor party have just lied through their teeth about it the whole the whole way uh, you know, don't they lie all the time though every, yeah i know it's kind of not even really interesting anymore everything they said turned out to be a lie you know, yeah. And they said Angela Rayner wasn't there. Oh, she was there. Um, it wasn't pre-planned. Oh, it was pre-planned. I mean, just everything they say is... And the Guardian reported that story. And it's like, well, who reads the Guardian now except the kind of left-wing nutjobs who already hate James Dellingpole? So what yeah. does it mean? It doesn't really... I mean, these, these days to actually influence things from a leftist slant, you've got to get things into the Times because that's <laughs> now the most influential, nasty leftist paper around. Really? Which actually, has, which actually has some influence. I don't think the Guardian has much influence anymore, even amongst the ruling class. Well, no, I mean, it's just like a kind of, yeah, it's kind of like a two minutes hate in paper form, isn't it, really? It doesn't have anything sort of, um, you know, very, very uh, impactful anymore. It's kind of, you can sort of look at the front cover headlines and kind of read the rest in your head without actually looking at the articles, can't you? You sort of know, you know the yeah. slant. But the Times, I've not actually, have you looked at the Times in recent years? Do you know what Yeah, it's I have been, only because um, it makes me very angry with some of the stuff they've been reporting um, they've been very pro-lockdown, viciously attacking lockdown sceptics. Uh, they've, they've been pretty awful and very much cheering the regime, mm. by which I don't just mean the Tories, I mean the whole kind of state regime, state pro-lockdown, pro-Ukraine regime. Right. So the Times is really awful now. It's really lost its way. I mean, everything to do with Murdoch now has lost its way. Yeah. Because I th I, we don't know how much this is due to Rupert. Rupert's yeah. getting old, declining. We think his his children and other people have taken over. 
uh, or maybe with his blessing, we don't know. But the, the Murdoch brand has gone bad. Yeah, they've gone pretty much left wing. They've gone weffy. Yeah, yeah. So that's why the Sun. I mean, the Sun is Murdoch, it, and that's gone bad. It is an interesting thing to think that lots of other media outlets over time, probably with the exception of the Guardian, probably the Guardian's been relatively consistent over the years. But a lot of them, have you noticed, are changing. I mean, that that word that everybody uses now, everybody is pivoting somewhat. Um, the way in which, for instance, you had um, recent news outlets, the new ones like Talk Radio, who started off trying to capture the populace. Well, right. they're Murdoch as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, what they own uh, is, is that owned by Global, and then and that's owned by Murdoch. I can't remember, but whatever. Um, they sort of start off trying to capture that discontented, rambunctious populist right, and now gradually they're sort of losing traction favor because they're trying to drag people back to the center and i'm sure yes. they'll probably pick up a bunch of people in the center who think that they're really being edgy and kind of on the right by, by watching talk tv but yeah. they've they've obviously flailed a bit with the piers morgan uh, debacle uh, uh, last week and they're trying to recapture things i mean i'm sure i don't think it's the end for these guys they will sort of make it up in time and they'll just they'll just kind of drift more to the center because the conventional philosophy is that that's where the elections are won so they're going to try and pull it back there and uh, you know, try and retain the trappings of being a bit kind of obnoxious and a bit spicy, but not really with any of the actual content of that. You know, um, can I also just say uh, good afternoon to Horus, who's in the chat. He mentions the line in Winter, uh, a play uh, which I was in actually years ago. Peter O'Toole was in that in the film. I wasn't in the film with him, but I played Jeffrey, who's the devious brother of um, Richard the Lionheart. And uh, yeah, that was good fun. Good play. I can't remember who wrote it now, but the woman who played the queen had lovely big tits, and uh, I really uh, wish I'd uh, got to know her better. Yes, yes, okay. Yeah, but she was oh. supposed to be playing my mother, so that it would have felt weird, yeah. Yeah, okay, so oh, I was going to talk about um, uh, this story that's recently come out that uh, Elon Musk is has put the Twitter deal on hold because yes. he's uh, concerned about the number of fake bot accounts and spam accounts on there and he wants to to check to check to make sure that twitter really does have the users that it claims to have mm. and like it's supposed to be that under five percent are bots and he's yeah. he wants to sort of check this out and find out whether it's not actually a lot more um, and mm. this has caused twitter's share price to to plunge so i mean the question is 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 he doing this to try and knock the share price down yeah. is he just doing it just to troll twitter in general is his whole attempt at a purchase more of a troll than a serious mm. attempt is he just trying to screw twitter over and destroy its share price and to expose all the shenanigans it gets up to yes all the sort of deviant practices it does like having all these bot accounts and massively exaggerating uh, the amount of people on it mm. and so on and to reveal all the censorship that goes and maybe that was his plan all along if the deal doesn't go through, then he'll lose a billion quid. But maybe he said, you know, I'm rich. It's worth losing a billion quid just to expose all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a kind of old-fashioned, uh, you know, um, 60s, 70s asset stripper, in you know, a sort of corporate raider who's just coming along just to trash the thing and sell the silverware and uh, sack everybody. You know. No, I'm was... saying, saying maybe, maybe he's not even going to go ahead with the sale. Maybe, I well, mean, if he can get yeah. it for a knockdown price, he probably will. But maybe he's saying... Well, I'm happy to, to, yeah. to lose a billion just to expose this stuff. So he's more like a Ooh, 60s activist, really. 
Well, there's, there's that, but I, th I think the corporate raiders back then, it was it was a similar thing whereby they were essentially sort of buying up the shares, um, selling all of the kind of, you know, the um, the uh, the plant and capital uh, sort of property of, of the business and then just sacking all the workers. And that was that was the sort of nature of that sort of predatory yes, capitalism. That's not, that's not what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking that he's not, he maybe not even going to buy it. Oh, not even going to buy it. Right. Just okay. going to trash it. Oh, I think Spend. just run the share price down, buy it, and then sack everybody and no, blow the No, no, not up. buy it. I mean, he might do that, but I'm saying he <laughs> might not even buy it. He might just yeah. say, I'll waste a billion, but it's worth yeah. it if it shows how t shit Twitter is and gets Twitter destroyed. Yeah. I'd like to see him do something a bit like that um, Monty Python short film, The Crimson Permanent Assurance Society, that he kind of sidles up to Twitter like a sort of, uh, you know, funny pirate and uh, just, you know, blitzes the whole thing and just leaves it lying in ruins, essentially. That's that's kind of what we want, really. Actually physically destroy the buildings and, uh, and uh, put the people in cages for our amusement. I know that sounds a bit, uh, you know, mean, but uh, I am a bit mean. I, I don't think that's mean enough. You're, you're no. letting them live. You put them in cages, that means letting them live. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You're often meaner than me. You're you're harsher than me in many ways because you think about this in a more deliberate I, and. Uh, well, I am harsh. I try not to make it too obvious, though. Because you just don't say media, it like me. Social yeah. media get in trouble if you say things like this. Yeah, SC so in the chat says Steve Bannon told Elon to do exactly this, which I think he's referring to what you're saying. Right. Just kind of troll them and run them down. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, okay. Um, remember our old friend Nina, or Nina. Dolores, Dolores Umbridge, as as some people call her. Um, no, remind me. I mean, my memory really is bad. What are we talking Nina, about? Nina Jankovic. Oh, Jankovic. Yes, the one I thought was related to Weird, Weird Al Jankovic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I saw. Yes. Go on. Yes, I remember now. Well, we've got some. We've got some more videos. Oh no. Oh really? Oh, is that the time? I've got to go. Yeah. <laughs> well, this one, okay, the first one I'll play isn't actually a song. It's her talking on a yeah. Zoom call. You say that like it's going to make it better. But okay. And I am eligible for it because I'm verified. But there are a lot of people who shouldn't be verified who aren't, you know, legit, in my opinion. I mean, they are real people, but they're not um, trustworthy. Anyway, so verified people can... Um, essentially start to edit Twitter the, the same sort of way that Wikipedia is so they can add context to certain tweets. Um, so just as a easy example, not from any political standpoint, if President Trump were still on Twitter and tweeted a claim about voter fraud, someone could add context from one of the 60 lawsuits uh, that went through the court or uh, something that an election official in one of the states said, perhaps your own secretary of state uh, <laughs> and and his news conferences, something like that, adding context so that people um, have a fuller picture rather than just an individual claim on a tweet. What was so that? she's she she's proposing that um, <clears throat> verified blue ticks, and so not just any blue tick, but the trustworthy ones, will be allowed to edit tweets like you can edit Wikipedia, oh. which doesn't just mean putting sort of warnings below the tweet, but actually going into the tweet, into your tweet, and editing it and changing it and putting, you know, context, context in inverted commas. There. This is what she's proposing, right. that Twitter become a place where the trustworthy people can change the content of your tweet. And this is the woman that Biden's just put in charge of what seems to be a ministry of truth. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is just just uh, horrific. 
Yeah, I noticed actually because there was something on Twitter this week about them changing terms and conditions to allow them to read all of your DMs. Did you see that? No. Ah, yes. Um, uh, this seems to be uh, the way that uh, maybe this is a sort of desperate rear, rear guard action that they're trying to sort of get in place uh, for, for whatever reason. I don't know before uh, uh, Elon either takes over or doesn't take over, uh, depending on whose theory you go with. Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah, they're going to have the power to uh, sort I, of I, read all of your material. I've always been very wary about sending stuff on DMs. I mean, uh, yes. I prefer to use Signal. Fortunately, some people yes. can't communicate with them in any other way other than sending them DMs. You are wise in that. You do hold back from these things very often where the rest of us go, oh, don't worry, it'll be all right. No, 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 lo and behold. I mean, they've probably in reality been reading our DMs for, for forever yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. And they're just it's, thinking, it's, oh, it's, maybe we should add a terms and conditions to say we're doing it. Let's, let's just formalise it. Yeah, exactly. But the girl, um, yeah, what's her name? Uh, yeah, Weird Al uh, Ninovich in the top corner there. Anybody else think she was on coke? Hands up in the chat. Yeah, a little telltale rubbing of the nose, uh, I think, uh, a couple of seconds in. Um, and she seemed very, very animated in the way oh, that... Um, again with the sound and I am eligible down. for it because I'm verified. <laughs> she, she, she a bit Michael Govish, do you think? And she's a... Uh, yeah, okay. On the other hand, she's probably like this all the time. Yeah, yeah. Me, me, me. Little wipe the nose there, though. Yeah, me, 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 me. All about me. Keep talking. Hand gesture. I'm mad. Guy in the top left starts nodding like a dog. The girl in the blue jumper in the middle of the screen in a minute takes a sip out of a gigantic cup. She does, yes. There she goes. Right now. Let's just pause that. So she took a mask off. So, yeah, some people have noticed in the chat that there are people in the, their own rooms with masks on. Yeah. Notice the blue, I, girl in the blue jumper is also in the bottom left corner behind the uh, the uh, girl with the pink mask on as well. <laughs> Gobbling away at her uh, her uh, jumbo size. Oh, so they're in the same room, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. probably why they're wearing masks, because there's other people in the room. I mean, that was an, that's an interesting thing about America that was was mentioned on another stream, who, which I can't mention, of course, as usual. Uh, but I was listening to the other week, and it reminded me when I was in America um, that uh, when you go into shops and you want a drink, you, there's there's two sizes of cup. There is like small, which is like okay, the size of a sort of polystyrene coffee cup, small, and then there's large, and large is like that size. It's like a five liter like plastic mug. It's like they don't do anything in between. They uh, do these things which are like three, four liters of of fizzy drink or whatever. And I, 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 I humbly submit, as our friend Tim Price would say, that this might be contributing to uh, America's obesity crisis, and uh, <laughs> soon to be. Well, uh, some places a... you can't even get small. You, you order a small, and it's what I would call a large. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, go go there, folks. Trust me. It's. I mean, you can get lots of food and drink in America, but yeah, they but do. But um, even in even in Britain, that's the case. Even in Britain, you go to some of the roadway services. Oh, really? Yeah, and and it, you can't really get a small. Yeah, so you have the choice between titchy and massive. No, Ma you have the choice. You have the choice between big, <laughs> massive, and gigantic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I hope that's keeping her going. Anyway, she looks like uh, she uh, she needs a lot of sustenance to get through this call. Uh, I'm not surprised uh, that uh, that's the case. Yeah. yeah, I love the dead eyes on the girl in the bottom middle. You know, uh, she's just. Uh, I don't know where she is at the moment. She's in a happier place, but uh, she's not in this Zoom call. Yeah, so um, let me, I'm going to read something from Nina Jankovic's uh, Wikipedia page. Okay. So nothing too obscure, nothing, mm -hmm. nothing conspiracy-like. Yeah. Um, it says she 
was a Fulbright Fellow in, guess where? Kiev. Uh, oh, Kiev, okay. Working with, working with the Foreign Ministry of Ukraine. Okay. So she spent, apparently she spent about a year in Ukraine working with the Ukrainian government. Now, isn't that funny? And she's also served as a disinformation fellow at the Woodrow Wilson Center um, and as a supervisor of the Russia and Belarus programs of the National Democratic Institute. And she's the author of two books. One of them is, I mean, one of them's the sort of standard kind of um, complaining about uh, feminist complaining stuff called uh, How to Be a Woman Online, Surviving Abuse and Harassment and How to Fight Back. But the other one, interestingly, yeah. I mean, the first mm. one you'd expect that. The second one was called How to Lose the Information War, Russia, Fake News and the Future of Conflict. So, right. I mean, she's up to her neck in all this sort of stuff. I mean, we all know that Ukraine is basically, it's laundry land. It's mm. where the US government launders loads and loads of money. And it seems like everyone in the Biden uh, administration, I mean, is there anyone in the Biden administration who hasn't been on the take in Ukraine? I mean, it's not just the money that they're laundering in Ukraine. Uh, it's actually a laundry for brains for the whole world. They're washing them a whiter than Purcell White, uh, uh, right uh, in, through the Western media. That's what they're doing in Ukraine. It's, it's an exceedingly popular country at the moment. I don't know why, but uh, we'll have to go there sometime. I, well, I hear just, it's quite, uh, the US has just sent like 40 billion. Ah, okay. So the tourism industry must be is, is, is shortly to boom, I imagine, and uh, there'll be some very pleasant, pleasant places to stay when uh, they clear up all the rubble and the bodies. But uh, until I mean, then, the US the US inflation is soaring. Uh, gas gas prices, they call gas. Petrol prices are extremely yes. high. People can't get baby formula. Um, there's there's massive government debt, and they've sent forty bloody billion yeah. to the Ukraine. Indeed, gas price. I just saw Sebastian Gorka actually uh, on uh, Mike Graham's program on Talk TV, just briefly watching, and he said gas prices up forty-four percent in America. They must be howling with uh, resentment at that. But let's not forget, folks. Their gas prices are like uh, what, uh, what 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 prices do we pay that are comparable to American gas prices? Like it's probably like buying a Mars bar. Uh, their gas prices compared to ours. Uh, you know, it's it's not on the same scale. They, we have been subsidising their cheap gas for years, and we have been paying uh, ever creeping up uh, uh, prices for petrol, uh, and that's the way it works. But uh, yeah, so their their rate their rise in gas prices is not something that we would freak out about. But uh, hoo -hoo, wait for the wait for the rise in our prices. Well, we've just had it. We've already had incredibly expensive petrol prices, and they've gone up even more. And oh. uh, it's just been a disaster. It's me. just an aperitif. It's a, it's a soupçon and a mousse-bouche of economic disaster, the uh, yeah, current rises. It, I'm sure it'll get worse. Yeah, the Americans don't know what a price rise is. Yep. They don't know what expensive gas is, do they? No, indeed. Indeed, indeed, do. Yes. So, uh, yeah, stay away from uh, Ukraine at the moment. Uh, maybe uh, maybe stay away from, uh, well, America as well, possibly at the moment as well. It uh, It's doing ever so well under uh, Sleepy Joe. And uh, I'm sure they're going to have um, more fun stuff to report soon. Yeah, so apparently uh, it's getting up towards 100 billion that's been sent to Ukraine recently. Ch chicken feed, as Boris would say, as he uh, gives our money away to... Remember uh, remember that? Remember the, the Democrats were saying, oh, they couldn't give 8 billion or whatever it was for Trump's fence. They said, oh, it's too much money. We, we couldn't possibly <laughs> do that. And now they just yeah. send 40 billion to Ukraine because we, you know, we must protect yeah. Ukraine's borders. Borders are important. Something. Yes. Yes, 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 exactly. Yes, it's uh, the magical prestidigitation of uh, of politicians. You know, uh, just watch this hand. Don't watch the other hand. Watch this hand and look, there you go, a bunch of flowers. And, <laughs> and uh, meantime, uh, your pockets are a picked. So there it goes. Yeah, nothing changes. 
Right. So now, now it's time for you to suffer, Simon. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Now it's time for um, Nina Jankovic singing. Oh, okay. Averting everybody my who's eyes. Everybody from here over is going to sing with me, and everybody else is going to sing with Lauren. Yeah. You guys oh. have to be loud because I just realised I didn't divide that oh, up very Jesus. easily. But it's yeah. okay. All right. Um, so it's okay. See if we can find some other lyrics. Yeah. One, two, three. There's a really neat trick. There we go. Here's, here's the I'm not sensing the love for this song from you, Simon. Oh my god, show you me know? on the stream where Hector hurt you. <laughs> yeah, you're not really in the spirit of things today, are you? Are they singing as adults there, or are they actually like, is this like from years ago when they're in high school and they think this it, is it kind wasn't of actually that long ago? It was like. 10, yeah. 10 15 years ago they were adults yes young adults but adults fully formed people the school uniforms are just for show because it's a harry potter tribute oh. band they're not actually school children yeah come back uh isis uh, all is forgiven i mean do you remember the stories that the american troops used to play like metallica on uh, full volume in, and while they were locking jihadis inside uh, shipping containers and stuff to torture them yeah, yeah which would be quite enjoyable i would have thought it would be like yeah it'd be like listening to glenn gould playing the uh, goldberg variations which i so enjoy listening to in the bath as i mentioned recently that would be in comparison to this uh, what it would be like to be played uh, metallica at full volume in a shipping container this this is bad. This is um this is cruel and unusual punishment. I demand a retrial. Well, we know what to play at your funeral, Simon. When yeah. You're, when you're going Staying on alive. this crash diet and your heart can't cope. Yeah, uh, it'll be a blessed relief. Is all I can say. No more of this. Well, yeah. Where where did you dig? I don't want to know actually where you found this stuff. Uh, th th there is some sort of a perverse hole of of misery on the internet that uh, contains uh, all of this oral torture. Uh, Hector will uh, DM you privately if you want to know more. 
And yes, filmed on put... potatoes, says Stephen J. James. I mean, yes, why is all footage on the internet these days looking like it's filmed with a potato? What is going on? We've had well, high this is This is old footage, years. isn't it? This is just old crappy footage oh, from come some on. amateur event. It's not a high production. That's that's uh, like footage video. from a phone I had in 2005. And that was a yeah, bad Yeah, that's because it probably is from then. about 2005. Oh, crumbs. That's, yeah, well, yeah. I wish her well in everything she does uh, and how she has a, a sparkling career uh, ascending through the ranks to uh, the upper echelon of the US elites. But uh, not for me. Thanks. I'll stay here. OK, well, maybe that's enough, Nina, for this week. We yeah. will have some more Nina for next week, though. She's a rich source, rich yeah. source of material. The only Nina you want is the one who sings uh, 99 Luft Balloons. And uh, you can uh, find that on uh, other content providers' uh, channels on YouTube. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, a story I noticed in the paper this week. Uh, this was in the the Telegraph. So you know, most people don't bother reading the Telegraph now because you've got to buy a subscription to it. So yeah, I thought I'd mention a few Telegraph stories for the sake of those people who wisely choose not to subscribe. So mm. the conservative, you know, the conservatives make themselves out to be the party of law and order. The who? The conserv conservative. Yeah, conservatives. Well, there's actually a party know, that yeah. is called the Conservatives that has conservative policies. Yeah. Uh, no. Well, they claim they claim they're the party of law, law and order. We all know yeah. it's a complete lie. So Goods and Trade you know, Descriptions Act. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Story yeah. recently saying more than 500 burglaries are going unsolved every day in Britain. Right. Official figures show as the proportion resulting in a charge has fallen to a record low of just one in 33. Right. So 33 houses get robbed in your neighbourhood. The chances yeah. are that only one will be solved. Well, the odds are pretty good then, aren't they? Um, you know, get a little gang together and uh, most of you have got uh, uh, less than, uh, you know, a one in 33 chance of uh, being nicked. So, uh, yeah, get uh, yeah. out there and help yourselves um, right now. And even if you do get nicked, it's like, well, so what? You'll just get a slap on the wrist probably. You won't even get that probably. They don't do a slap on the wrist anymore. That will be deemed cruel and unusual. You will probably be uh, locked in a cell with uh, Nina Jankovic uh, playing uh, continuously for the rest of your life. Which, which, on, which, on, which on remission of, uh, you know, uh, what's, what's the thing where they give you only half the sentence will probably be, uh, you know, about 20 minutes under our current justice system. Yeah. So Home Office data reveal that 241,736 burglary cases were closed in 2021, which yeah. 190,895 had no suspect identified. Right. That equates to 523 unsolved burglaries a day or 3,661 every week. Yeah. Okay. It means that nearly 1.5 million burglaries have gone unsolved in the past six years amidst warnings that cuts to neighbourhood policing are leaving homeowners at the mercy of criminals. Despite the devastating impact break-ins can have on victims, former police officers said that burglary is not regarded as a policing priority, with some forces no longer routinely dispatching an officer to investigate the crime. This is like from 10 years ago. We all knew yeah. this, didn't we? Yeah. Didn't yeah. We? yeah. Um, the, the, the really funny thing about this story, the reason why I thought I'd bring this story up, even though it's kind of, we all know this, is because um, the reason this is in the papers is because there's a politician making a fuss on it. This what? politician says... Um, the government was being soft on crime and letting far too many criminals get away with it. And as a result, too many people's lives are being ruined by burglaries, said Alastair Carmichael, the Lib Dems Home Affairs spokesman. Right. The Lib Dems are actually claiming to be the party of law and order. The Lib Dems are who? telling us that the, the, the Tories are too soft on crime. I mean, do you, who, 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 the hell, who, is this who the hell believes who? this? Who believes Jesus. that the Lib Dems are going to be tough on crime? 
I don't understand where, where they have the cheek to come out and say the police should be enforcing the law like this. I mean, what neck on these people? I mean, Well, where it's do the they... Lib Dems, you know, they're, they're, they're shameless, true. aren't they? Well, they like to be novel and offer something new uh, for the uh, electorate to choose from. And in this case, they've gone with the wild card choice of uh, asking uh, the institutions of the state to do what they say they're no, going to no, do. No, they're on not the asking them at all. This is simply for the newspapers. We know that the Lib Dems uh, say one thing yes. and do another. That's right. So yeah. just, it's just doing their usual trick of pretending <laughs> pretending to say things or saying yeah. things they don't mean for a certain audience, for the Daily Telegraph audience, yeah. to try and it's... get some disgruntled Tory voters to come and vote for them. The stupid ones who don't realise that the Lib Dems are just <laughs> complete liars. It's almost like these people in government are like just basically a bunch of actors or something, which really, really should be my sort of uh, entree into the, uh, the, the scene. And uh, hopefully I'll be uh, you know, acquired by, they'll go head and hunting later on today and uh, I'll be getting calls from the Tories and the Lib Dems and the Labour Party to see if they want me to come and uh, perform some policies for them. Uh, no actual truth needed, but uh, I'm sure I can make a good fist of uh, telling you stuff you, you, you have, want to hear. You have the acting abilities, you would have made a good politician, but you, you, you don't have the, the complete well, shameless lack of morals. Yeah, yeah. The stupidity. Oh, there is that. Well, I don't know. Maybe the shameless lack of morals and the stupidity. I can I can work on those. Yeah. Give them yeah. some serious attention. Well, that's a, that's a novel thing. I mean, he's probably going to get uh, uh, deselected at some point uh, for uh, <coughs> daring to uh, announce these uh, novel ideas in public. Well, I don't know. I think the Lib Dems, they know that, that people in the Lib Dems say these Do kind of bullshit things. Do we know who actually leads the Lib Dems anymore? Because I can't remember. Is it... Uh, is it uh, is it the chap with the fat face? Ed, is it Ed Davey? Ed Davey, yeah, or that's who I was thinking. Else taken over? I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, completely irrelevant party. Yeah, let's look it up. Let's look Ed Davey up. Yeah, we've also got. I mean, have they still got Leila Moran, the uh, toothy-faced uh, advocate for domestic violence? Uh, yes, it was party. Ed Davey and and Leila Moran who were going for the oh. leadership recently. And yes, he is. Davey is the leader at the moment. Mr. Potato Head, as Paul Fulton in the chat calls him. Yes, there you go. He, well, he is and, a bit of a Mr. Potato Head, but it doesn't really pick him out because there's quite a lot of potato heads uh, in British politics, especially in the Conservative <gasps> Party. Well, absolutely. It seems to be full of them. They seem to be. Uh, I, I see uh, various of them making uh, pronouncements this week in the media, uh, but they all seem to have that same sort of face, don't they? That kind of Marc Francois kind of face. You know, that sort yeah. of um, slightly overstuffed sofa kind of face. But uh, mm. there you go. You can have them or you can have the uh, the modern and exciting uh, Liberal Democrats with uh, Layla Moran. And uh, yeah, great song, Layla by Derek and the Dominoes. But uh, it doesn't remind you of her when you listen to it. It reminds you of nicer things from a bygone era. Mm. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Next story. Um... Oh, cheeky girls still on screen. Uh, he says Stephen J. James, and he made he me think off, for a moment. He? All right, he, get him off. he made me think for a moment of the actual cheeky girls there, because I remember at James Dellingpod's Dellingpod Live thing the other week, who would turn up into uh, the audience, but Lembit Opic. He uh, right. latterly of the uh, attachment to the uh, well, well, at least one of the cheeky girls. And uh, what was their classic song? Was that like Feel My Bum or something? Uh, I think uh, something was, like that, yeah. Was their yeah. number one uh, uh, super sore away hit? Is it yeah. not etched into your brain, Simon? Not really, no. I had actually no awareness of <laughs> the Cheeky Girls at all until Lemon Opic was going out with one of them. And then I, I looked at pictures of them on the internet for a while. And um, en enough said about that. Well, maybe that's, maybe that's one for next week then. I think so. Yeah, I can do an extended uh, deep deep law stream on uh, the cheeky girls. <laughs> God, yeah. Uh, yeah. Before I yeah, before I forget, I remember you talking about um, Amber Heard 
um, yes. maybe sniffing something in court. I did come across. I didn't go looking for it, but I did come. I did come across that video. Yes. So I actually have that video. Let's have a look at it. For those of you listening in podcast form, you can't see the pictures. That was not Amber Heard's sounds. That was Simon's added sound effects. He's obviously very familiar with what it sounds like. I was acting. I was using the magical powers of acting to uh, give you uh, the full sense of uh, Amber Heard's state of mind at that moment. <laughs> but she didn't even she didn't even uh, mess up her you know her makeup, which is interesting. You know, she didn't take no, no telltale white flakes uh, hanging from her schnoz as as she <laughs> galloped into her uh, Scarface stash from her purse. And, I wonder if she uh, practiced that in front of the mirror. Yeah, probably. Yeah. She, uh, yeah, pretty girl, but uh, quite mad. And uh, that's that's the problem with some of the pretty girls. They are quite mad. Uh, stick with someone who is, is a little more um, uh, sane is my advice, you know. Uh, okay. Um, last week we played a bit of Mills Brothers, the paper doll, and we got away with uh, it. We did, yeah. didn't get any sort of copyright claim or anything. No, don't, I don't actually mind a copyright claim because we don't lose any, we don't make any money anyway on this stream. Yeah. But if you get, you don't, you risk a copyright strike. You don't want to get a strike. So I'm going to try the Mills Brothers again. Okay. Maybe half a song. This Do people want me to sing along like I did last time, or mm, probably not. Yeah, I don't think you'll know this song anyway. Okay. Okay. Uh, and also, I do know how to mute you. I've worked out how I can mute you now. You can. You can. So this one's called uh, How Am I Doing? Hey, hey. Oh, I don't know that one. You don't know that one? No. That's good. Yeah? Okay. That's Fair enough. Fast. How am I doing? Hey, hey. I know a gal named Sadie Green. Sadie the hardest gal in New Orleans. Who's she loved to dance. Who's she loved to sing. She'd take a good chance on any old thing. The other night down at the hall, when the band would play, Miss Sadie'd go on that floor, and this is what she'd say. What she said, now, how am I doing? Hey, hey. Tweet, 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 twat, twow. Now, how am I doing? Hey, hey. Oh, gee, oh, baby, yo, oh, show. Now, I'm not bragging, but it's understood that everything I do, I sure do good. How am I doing? Hey, hey. Tweet, 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 what, wow. How am I doing? Hey, hey. Tweet, 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 what, wow. How am I doing? Hey, hey. Oh, gee, baby, show. I only meant to do a little bit. You done made me like it and I just can't quit. How am I doing? Hey, hey. Tweet, 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 what, wow. So wow. the Mills Brothers, yeah, lovely voices they have. Skills, yeah. I mean, I love, I love good close harmony singing. I feel sorry for the uh, the chap uh, second from the uh, right on the screen. He he obviously got to be the fat Mills brother. I know how he feels, but uh, the others are all a very svelte and trim uh, chaps with an enormous microphone. I must say, do we think they actually recorded it on that, or is that just like some sort of ice cream dispenser or something? Because it looks like, uh, yeah, one of those big scoops you use for uh, getting ice cream out of your uh, ice cream tub. Well, this would have been a very long time ago. This would have been the 20s Indeed. or the 30s. When the world was black and white and lovely and innocent, yes. Yeah. I feel more sorry for the guy playing the guitar, actually, because he what? died at a young age of tuberculosis, yeah. I think it was. Life was cruel back then. It and, was. Uh, yeah. But uh, uh, that, was, uh, yeah, that was the deal. Never mind. Well, yeah, that was a pleasant uh, interlude and one which I couldn't sing along to. 
Yeah, so that's part of the attraction for the audience. Not exactly it. Find obscure songs. Is that Chenk Yuga, uh, says uh, Vox Pop in the chat, uh, probably referring to the Fat Mills brother there. Uh, Chenk Yuga increasingly mad. I saw a clip of him the other day going uh, absolutely nuts about, um, well, ab about everything the rest of the world is doing, uh, the same world, and uh, he was just losing his... Sh well, you know what I mean. But, I, don't uh, know, yeah. I don't know much about Chenk Yuga. The Young Turks, that program with him and that uh, Anna Kasparian woman, it's uh, sort of like... Um, you know, it was sort of like before the Rubin Report came along. It was kind of what all the leftists used to watch. And uh, he's just kind of this uh, g ghastly bloater of a man who is, uh, is mad. Uh, and now he's gone sort of shrieking mad. And, uh, you know, I, I, I wish him well. Um, but, yeah. That's yeah, the way of most leftists, isn't it? The young turds, as a clear T out uh, in the chat says, yes, uh, that, that is the way they go. Hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Right. Uh, next story. Mm. This is a story about the the BBC oh. doing dirty things. No doing, way. Telling oh. dirty lies and admitting it, having been forced to admit it. So a right. BBC panorama documentary about global warning, warming made a number of false claims and internal well, it was investigation. global warning. That is what they are trying to do. Go on. Yeah. An internal investigation by the broadcaster has found the program Wild Weather, presented by climate editor Justin Rowlett, said deaths worldwide were rising due to extreme weather caused by climate change, whereas the opposite is true. It also claimed Madagascar was on verge of the first famine caused by climate change, despite other factors being involved. So this program was broadcast last November to coincide with COP26, mm -hmm. FLOP26, as our friend Ben um, mm -hmm. And Paul calls it sparked two mm -hmm. complaints investigated by the BBC's editorial complaints unit. Now, the interest one of the interesting things about this is, I mean, the BBC telling lies about climate change is pretty par for the course. I thought it was quite funny that this guy Rollett, Justin Rollett, I think it was. Where Justin was Rollett. Yes, I had a yeah, chat Justin with Ben Rollett. about this. Yeah, Justin right. Rollett. Okay, we can probably tell me a bit more in a minute. But his sister Cordelia mm. was among a number of insulate Britain activists arrested for staging a protest at Junction 3 of the M25. Uh. So his sister's a climate loony, and she once appeared on TV advising him on how to be more environmentally friendly. Oh, painful, painful. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's like, uh, yeah, Justin Rowlett, uh, yeah, I know him. He's one of those kind of uh, slithery, simpy BBC journalists. I watched a program a few years ago where he and his very cute wife, actually, uh, went to Germany, live in Germany. There's a program called Make Me a German, and they went to learn to how to become a German in Germany. And um, yeah, uh, he's, he's not a nice chap. And, and there's that other dreadful guy, Roger Harabin, who I think used to work for the BBC, uh, that uh, um, uh, you know, we, we all know is, is a completely evil thing. Um, but yeah, the BBC telling lies. Who would have thought? Huh. Mm. Yeah, just, 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 just the propaganda arm of um, yeah, the Islington uh, dinner party set. Yeah, yeah. so there you well, go. Harabin, Harabin was around at the BBC for a long I remember Bishop Hill used to lay into Harvard regularly in the in the 2000s mm. but I think he has gone now and now they've got this a new idiot yeah I mean even involved. even even outside the BBC it doesn't it's like John Sweeney when he left the BBC isn't it they can exert their evil ploys on us um, although John Sweeney I think has kind of sunk beneath the uh, the table a bit uh, these days hasn't he he's uh, he's gone to the bottom of the glass as uh, I think uh, mm. was his wont but um, some of these people it's like there's a, there's, they can still be disruptive even outside the organization so it doesn't really matter necessarily once you've cleared some of them out uh, what happens you have to um, 
do something else to suppress their uh, vile and vicious lies. Um, but uh, what what to do? Uh, I leave that question hanging pregnantly in the air. Speaking though, of the evil BBC, I don't know if you're aware. I um, years ago I found a channel run by a chap called Sean Atwood on YouTube, and I think he's an ex kind of. I think he was like a drug dealer or something. Sort of went to prison, came out, cleaned himself up, reformed, and now hosts a channel. Um, I think it basically started out like lots of these channels, just you know, doing interviews with criminals, which, to be fair, are often quite interesting interviews. And I used to tune him in, in, into him for a while. And um, recently, something popped up on my timeline. I must be still sub to his channel. It, he did, he's done a big documentary on uh, a certain Mr. Jimmy Savile, uh, latterly of the BBC. And uh, it's a three-hour series of interviews he's conducted with uh, various people who were uh, you know, broke the Savile case and knew a uh, lot about it. And I would encourage you to go and have a look. Um, it's very entertaining. Sean Atwood himself is kind of a, a funny, funny character. He has a funny way of talking to the camera, a little bit stilted, like he might... I mean, no disrespect to him, he might have a little bit of brain damage from taking too many drugs or something. But um, he's very amusing and he does these little adverts during the show, which he reads out in this in this very kind of self-conscious way, which is also quite funny. Um, but have a look at the uh, program he's done. I think it's called Untouchable on Jimmy Savile. And, um, you know, I mean, you may not want to have your nose ground into the dirt of the Savile story again, but it, it's uh, it's sobering again to uh, to listen to that and some of the stories about what happened around Savile and you know really get a, a feel for the uh, the depths of depravity uh, to which he uh, you know um, you know dragged the whole thing down and 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 the shocking revelation again that we were reminded of that the Director General of the BBC just simply resigned when the Savile stuff came out. He didn't try to counter it. He just resigned. He just oh, nothing to do with me. Gov, not buggering off. Yeah. So that was Mark uh, Williams, I think, wasn't it, or something? Um, but uh, yeah, Mark, good, Mark Thompson. Uh, Mark Thompson was it? Okay, right. But but do look uh, do look at that on uh, Sean Atwood's channel. On speaking other of other channels, um, I noticed the Lozapod has mm. been broadcasted. They're almost competing with us. They started doing a, a thing today at twelve, and uh, Loza did actually he did actually mention it on his Twitter. So he's actually promoting it. Well, have they asked you back yet? No, I went and had a little listen. And there's only about four people listening. I'm not keen to go back on until they've built up a bigger, bigger audience, actually. I see. But whether that's yeah. going to happen, I don't know, because they're not really pushing it very much. Mm. Um, I was disappointed to hear that in the background, they, they were talking in a, in a room, and in the background, apparently, they revealed the presence of a certain uh, Mr. Bumbridge. Oh, okay. Yep. Who apparently was wearing his Panama hat indoors. <laughs> so I thought that's the time to yep. take my leave and die departed well, the room the room oh. they have rooms on calling on this platform yeah i met him in, in um, rooms i met yeah, him in the telepod we're not going to go into it i know he's your mate i just want no he's not mate as such as he's just you know a guy on twitter i know and we ex exchange pleasantries occasionally but i'll just say he's shorter in real life than you would think not very short not as short as me i know london raider probably thinks i'm uh, that, the shortest that's, person that's a pretty here. that's a pretty sad thing to say simon i'm just saying i'm five eight i'm a full right. five eight and right. uh I know I'm short, shorter. but I found someone even shorter, so I'll make fun of him ah. for his shortness. Who is so I don't make fun of people for their shortness, do I? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, sure. Yeah, it's okay for you lot. You're all giants, bestriding the ground like a colossus. But, uh, you know, the rest of us just, just have that average, you know, British Empire height, as I like to think of it. You know, the uh, the height that subdued all of the tea in China. And, uh, you know, so you'll, uh, if you find a dwarf, you'll, you'll make fun of him. It's like the old John Cleese, Ronnie Barker, Ronnie Corbett thing, isn't it? Looking down on each other except yeah. it's literally to do with height in your case. Absolutely, yeah. 5'8", the height that sent the Spanish Armada to the uh, bottom of the blue briny deep. And uh, what a good thing that was. Uh, good. Can you imagine if the Spaniards had colonised us? 
how uh, how awful things would have been. I mean, you certainly wouldn't have had your uh, uh, you know days on the cricket ground for a start. You would have been playing. I don't know what they, what do they play in Spain? Um, something else. Yeah, not cricket. Uh, Bullfighting. Bullfighting. Yeah, there you go. Or teasing teasing barnyard animals. Yeah, would have made a mess of the lawn. But uh, yeah, so there you go. I don't know how yeah, we got I should, here. I should point out that five five eight was average height back then. Mm. Um, but you know, it's not average height now, Simon. Betting nutrition. It's not average. Eighteen-year-old girl is about five nine. That's the girls, right? So yeah. you just think what the boys are. Uh, uh, yeah. So it's quite embarrassing now when I'm out there with all these youngsters and uh, they all uh, titter as I walk past. They they, they titter and, and snorkel to themselves. Kate Simon, Kate yeah. Emma, sorry, says exactly, Simon. Us shorties got to stick together. Thing Don't call is, me a shorty. Kate. It doesn't. It doesn't matter if you're short, because you know it doesn't matter if girls are short. Girls can be short. That's fine. Yeah. 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 So, okay. so you're not really on Simon's side. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Okay. I just feel right, it subtracts from people taking me seriously. That's all. I just. I'm not. You know. Do you, Do you have like high heeled shoes to wear? Like with no, like, I don't. I, I don't wear like uh, what stack heel platform boots like uh, Mr. <coughs> Macron wears. No, I don't. Uh, I don't need. I don't feel the need to. Uh, emphasize my height in any way at all do you take a box around with you so you can be do like the tom cruise thing of i am aware of when i stand on um like um steps of buildings to make sure i step on the step above the person i'm talking to so i'm looking down on them and i i feel that puts me in the proper perspective for that person they're looking up at me the hierarchy is restored uh, and everything is in its place. And uh, you need to be uh, subtle. You need to do things like I mean, you can't yeah. make the lady walk in a trench like Tom yeah. Cruise does. So, well, but you need to like make sure she's yeah. on the street and you're on the footpath next to her. So you get a few extra few inches that way. Okay, Nathan C J Hood, welcome, sir, in the chat says Attila the Hun, Julius Caesar, Alexander the Great, Napoleon, all under five foot three. Je reste mon case. Okay, all right, mad, mad psychopaths. Yeah. I mean, I do have this thing that people, I join them like uh, for a drink or something and they're at a table and they say, oh, sit down, Simon. And I just stand with my drink lo looming over them. Uh, and uh, that feels good. Yes. <laughs> Paul Fullerton says, pains me as it does to defend Simon. I would say he's normal height. You are actually well, pretty normal height. I don't know he, why you've gone about being short. Well, it's only because the rest of you, we keep reminding me that you think I'm short. But yes, Paul well, Fullerton is, is... It's just London Raider. It's an example of, of the old world quality that we have on, on, on some of the people in the chat in this show. Uh, and that applies. Uh, yes, Dan says he doesn't remember me being short. I carry himself. Yeah, car maybe he carries himself with such stature. He didn't. That's correct. I, that's it. I carry myself with a lot of stature. Yeah. OK, well, yeah, speaking speaking of stature, uh, we mm. must remember the, the the great uh, the great American female politician Elizabeth Warren. I just wanted to replay my video from last week, uh, where she's speaking. Yes, indeed. It deserved another outing. I spent so much time on the the sound effects. How many views has it had on YouTube? Uh, not many. Which is what I couldn't understand. I thought it was Let very funny. Look, uh, it's got. 400 no that's the other one that's got 149 views that's pretty oh, that's pathetic better. isn't it that's good the last time i looked it had about three views and i thought why isn't anybody looking at this uh this uh this um what can i say what can i call it this uh, this apogee of the film editor's art uh you know i thought this was like a, it was like a kind of youtube nouvelle vague that uh, you were on an inspired rush for a new style of uh, short well, viral well the clip. only place i can advertise it is twitter really uh, yeah. and i'm still shadow banned on twitter yeah 
I suppose they probably think it's all a bit lame and boomerish. Lots of these, you know, these feisty young kids on Twitter, they think, uh, you know, it's kind of lo-fi comedy. But I appreciated it because I think the excellence of it is the timing. That's that's the thing. It's getting those, uh, you know, big uh, clucky. Uh, uh, box. Yeah, in time yeah. with the right actions. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. A 21st century Citizen Kane. Indeed. Thank you, Nathan C.J. Hood. That is the kind of compliment that we like the uh, chat to be littered with uh, throughout this show. Yeah. And the Go video, London Raider reminds me. Did you see the Go video of him? Uh, I did, yeah. I didn't looking downloading or anything, though. No. Slightly slightly odd, off-the-wall, sort of uh, trying to do some voices and funny jiggling his head about stuff on some uh, interview. But I, I, you know, do you remember a time when we actually thought Go was kind of part of the great white hope of the Conservative Party? Oh, when, yes, you know, yes. Crumbs. I remember the early 2000s. It's like, oh, make this guy the leader. He's the what future. F- what fools were we? Yeah. <laughs> Certainly. Never mind. Yeah. Mark Jennings says he had a tweet with 27 million views last week. I certainly hope so. Or oh, 2.7, sorry. two point Only, only 2.7 million views. That's a, that's a hot tweet. I mean, yeah. uh, that's, uh, do you ever get that kind of sort of... Uh, that sort of traction, not me. I used to back in the the, the glory days of COVID. Yes. Those, those hot, crazy days. That's it. When you were respected. You mm. just want some respect. Yeah. Uh, okay. So what else we got today then? Um, mm. Let's have a look. Uh, I've got quite a lot of um, V stuff to talk oh, about. Can I just address Mark Jennings again in the chat? He says it was the yeah. Jerry Springer video. Was it that one with those kids? Um, oh, God. What were they like? A, um, a Christian family or something? Um, I think I saw that. <laughs> that was very funny. <laughs> it was pretty brutal. But um, if it's the one I'm thinking of, yeah, yeah. Is that so something like, I really... should look up and maybe download? Yeah, yeah go, go, go and have a look. But it was a very sort of very um, relaxed and intense family on stage being criticized by the audience. <laughs> and I think, yeah, it's, that's the one. Yeah, have a look at that. That was quite interesting. Yeah. Anyway, right, so here's a story about a Swedish fashion designer who said that Sweden must embrace multiculturalism or face civil war. Right. So famous Swedish fashion designer Johan Lindeberg, I don't know if he really is famous or not, he's asserted that Sweden must embrace its new multicultural identity because civil war is the alternative. Right. Uh, Calling on readers to embrace the new Sweden, he urged Swedes to celebrate the most progressive country in the world, warning that chaos and disorder would ensue otherwise. And he says, either we all help to create a new inclusive energy and become a clear international template for a new multicultural community, or we end up in a civil war. It has already started, Lindbergh wrote. The fashion designer even suggested changing the country's flag to represent its new diverse identity and to make Sweden relevant again. Uh, He claimed that a a multicultural country was more sophisticated than a monocultural one and suggested that those uncomfortable with it will just have to get used to it. The change started a long time ago, he said. Well, yes, it certainly did. But still, so many of us have a hard time accepting it, he wrote. Right. Right. Okay. So what he's suggesting is up until this point, there hasn't been a state of civil war, despite the numerous uh, cars on fire, grenade attacks, uh, gang rapes and all of the other stuff that's been going on in Sweden. So apparently this is not civil war up to now. But well, the thing is, he's then, but he's then saying it's already started. So he's saying, if yeah. you don't do this, we're going to end up in civil war. And he's saying, 
it's already started sort of a lame attempt to sort of acknowledge the fact that, yeah, for years in Sweden, there's yeah. been all these bombings and terrorist attacks and rapes and so on. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so, uh, yeah, he feels uh, that they uh, they need to go further in being uh, more, even more multicultural than they are already. Well, this, this can only end well, I guess. But I, I love the idea that um, the catchphrase is, uh, I thought that was quite funny, make Sweden relevant again. I thought that's like a kind of lo-fi, you know, MAGA kind of approach there. He's like, yeah, Sweden has basically been irrelevant <laughs> for most of its existence. So let's make it relevant again by uh, well, maybe maybe having a civil war would make it relevant again. You know, it's sort of certainly... Uh, it's Get it, get it into the papers, wouldn't it? Absolutely. I mean, I think it would. I mean, who knows what it could do for the uh, the music industry? Maybe a new ABBA will emerge from the from the rubble of Stockholm. Uh, we wait with bated breath to see uh, how the Swedes uh, manage this going forward. Uh, I think this is uh, an excellent idea uh, and one which uh, all Swedes uh, should embrace. So basically, as, as... yeah, basically Sweden and Western countries were told you should let people from other cultures in because it'll make society much better. It'll make it more peaceful. Yeah. Um, it, it'll make people more tolerant. They'll become exposed to, to new ideas and new people and we'll all learn to get along and live in this happy, wonderful, utopian harmony. Yes. And when the reality turns out to be civil war, it's like, well, you better keep going with it. Otherwise, yeah. they're going to attack you and right. start shooting you. Well, they already have, but they're going to they're, they're going to take. A, yeah. What, what happened to all the, the utopian harmony? Yeah. yeah. You're now saying, oh, if you don't if you don't go along with this, there's going to be a war and you're going to get killed. Yeah, yeah, things yeah. have kind of changed from the the vision you were selling us to start with. Yes, yes, I, and I like the way that there's no instant resort to uh, emotional blackmail by you know threatening you with uh, well, if you don't uh, if you don't cooperate, it's going to end in war. You know, it's, it's, it's basically it's right. Enoch Powell, isn't it? It's saying Enoch Powell was right, but you, there is going to be a war, but you're going to lose unless you submit. <laughs> my, 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 my. Had we but uh, had we but listened. Hey, folks. Yeah. Uh, well, we shall see how things turn out in uh, beautiful Sweden with the uh, the tall, uh, long-haired, uh, blonde, lithe uh, babes of um, that uh, great Nordic land. And uh, let's see how they uh, how they go. Uh, they've uh, come from nowhere and made good, and etc. Uh, etc. Et let's let's have a look at how um, multiculturalism is going in in Britain. Oh yes, yes. Let's uh, check so, in on. Uh... So here's an interesting video which a uh, friend, Jolly Jack said might have just been a a street cricket match right we leave it for you to decide okay. so jack said he thinks they're, they're trying to pick teams having I mean, a bit of an argument yeah. a bit of argy bargy about who's on whose yeah. team um yeah. clearly got cricket bats so yeah cricket match is no doubt the the aim of this we right. play street cricket when i was a kid we played street cricket yeah, yeah that's absolutely. What doing. Yeah. And they're passionate about cricket, these people. So, you know, it matters who's on whose team. You know, you don't want Abdul on the other team because he's a good no. player. You want him on your team. Yeah. Hmm. And here comes the other team. They're, they're not that well acquainted yeah. with the rules of cricket, I think. They're yes. Being, we're supposed to show you aggression with the ball, not with the bat, in that way. That was an excellent hit for six, that one. Unfortunately, yes. that guy got in the way. Yes. Uh, he's been cleaned up and knocked out. 
unconscious. I don't think they're going to resolve this team selection issue yeah, today. They'll have, they'll have yes. to calm down and try and redo it tomorrow. Let's just have a look at that lovely shot, though, from earlier. So there's this one guy, and yeah, 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 it's a big swing, but misses. So this other guy comes in from behind it, oh, back of the head. Oh dear! Not like a light. Yes, yes, well, uh, as the, uh, the light um, fails at Lord's uh, this afternoon, the BBC will resume coverage of uh, the cricket match tomorrow uh, once uh, the uh, members of uh, the team have uh, come out of intensive care. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The selection process there, as you say, is, uh, is, uh, was a somewhat challenging one. It did, it's, it's a bit like the ones we had at school, as I mentioned on a previous uh, stream, where people um, picked their teams and then I was the only one left at the end and uh, everybody kind of denied wanting me to have me on the team, probably because I was too good, actually, uh, at, uh, at bowling. Um, so, um, you know, I know the feeling uh, of people uh, who are trying to uh, make an agreeable match of cricket but just simply can't decide who gets the best player. I know, I know the feeling, so it's okay. Okay, but uh, yeah. what, 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 where, what, how, where, when did it all go wrong? I don't know. Sometime after tea, by the looks of things, uh, somebody, uh, somebody <laughs> had a disagreement with a piece of wood at, uh, at some stage in there. Well, normally things get a bit out of hand after tea because, you know, the, the crowds had a bit too much to drink. But I think That's in this it. case, it wasn't, they weren't the type to be drinking too much no. at all. Yeah, so I'm maybe not sure they just to blame the alcohol in this case. Yeah, it can all go wrong after tea. You know, you get a bit of a sugar spike, and you just think, <coughs> "I'll just go and club someone on, on the head with a bit of four by two in the street, uh, uh, and then we'll play cricket." That's uh, an agreeable way to spend a, a lovely spring evening, isn't it? But, um... but let's also remind ourselves of the other side of things: the the Islamophobia that exists in so much of Britain. It, there's so much racism in this country that has even spread to the cars. Uh, especially Audi. So I'm going to show you footage of uh, an Audi car, which has become, which itself has become Islamophobic. Right. Okay. So, uh, okay. Someone in, uh... oh, okay. Right. Uh -huh. Ah, okay. Right. Um, what's this going on? Okay. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> what, 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 what exactly went on there? That wasn't letting the handbrake off, was it? That was. I don't driving know. Driving. No. I don't. Fiddling around with the keys and maybe yeah. trying to steal the car. Right. Okay. No, it didn't go well for him, did it? Best laid plans of uh, mice and car thieves, uh, as you can see there. The. Uh, yeah, okay. Oh, it's nice that the community is rushing to his aid. And, okay, uh, Emma mentions History Debunked is good at breaking down the whole situation we have at the moment. Yes, I watched History Debunked on, um, is it Peter, what's his name's culture thing? Simon culture Webb, form. I think his, his name is, isn't it? Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, so that it, does look good. I must must start watching some of his he, channels. He seems eminently reasonable and, uh, you know, uh, unflustered, let's say, by, uh, by this. And uh, with a sort of quizzical manner, asking uh, perhaps why these things are going on. Uh, who knows? Maybe it's all just completely random and uh, nobody uh, was involved <laughs> in the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, I, I still don't quite follow what's happened here. What, did he switch the car on and it reversed automatically? It looks like something like that, yeah. And now he's being squished, and uh, he's uh, having a line. I don't understand why it would be it would reverse because I mean, if it was an automatic, he's <laughs> just coming up to park, <laughs> just paying no attention whatsoever. Oh, yeah, yeah happens uh, happens many times a day around here. Yeah, well, 
Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. All right. It's time to talk about the hermit crab. Of course. Yes. It was on my mind. It was preying on me heavily throughout the night. I was wondering when you would talk about the hermit crab. Well, what I've decided, because we, we, we need a new name, we need a new name for the big V. I thought right. let's do a bit of Cockney rhyming slam. So instead of the okay. <coughs> COVID jab, okay. the hermit crab. And then you would have to use the first word, like hermit. So he's, he's at his hermit. He's right. at his hermit, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. And drop the H, he's at his hermit. Right, right. Susan Wojcicki of YouTube will never twig on our cunning plan uh, mm. and uh, and program that into the algorithm to uh, crush us uh, uh, fiercely and vindictively. But, uh, yeah, I think it's a good plan. Um, so uh, having the hermit. A second boy in Nottingham has died playing a football match. Second boy in six months. So uh, quote I thought this was going to be a happy story. No. <laughs> Clearly not. It's about the hermit, so it won't be. A 13-year-old boy has died after a medical emergency during a junior football match. Nottinghamshire Football Association said um, Samuel Akwazi was playing for FC Cavaliers against mm -hmm. West Bridgeford on Saturday. Uh, the club said he was very well respected by all these team members and had played for them since the under-9s. The county's FA sent its condolences to all Samuel's friends and family. You know what? I wouldn't want a condolence sent. I would want a message saying, mm. we will track down and kill the people responsible. That's what yeah. I'd want. That's but pretty no, much they just it. send out condolences because, you know, they're, yeah. they're part of the whole regime, aren't they? Absolutely, yeah. I'd be getting old Liam Neeson on the job uh, because uh, he's got a, a range of special skills that would help with this kind of thing. But... Uh, Liam Neeson? No, I don't think I'd want Liam Neeson. I think I'd want, I mean, I've never seen that film. I'd, yeah. I'd want some old school guy like Charles Bronson. Oh, okay. So just, yeah, just pure, uh, <laughs> pure unthinking revenge. <laughs> well, I suppose, perhaps you'd have Liam Neeson to work out, you know, well, we know who's responsible. Let's just go after them. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think you're right. Probably the Charles Bronson style will be uh, popping more into favour as we uh, as we go on with this uh, with this Farago. But uh, yeah. but there was um, a boy who died in a Nottingham uh, football match six months ago. Yeah, that's kind of strange. All these young boys dying on the football pitch, isn't it? I guess it's one of those cases again where I suppose you'll find the people involved <coughs> bending over backwards not to uh, not to notice what has happened. And I think this is again uh, apropos of the Jimmy Savile documentary I mentioned earlier. The very same phenomenon, if you go through that with, with Savile, of people, you know, we, they could all see it, but at the same time they sort of couldn't see it, if you know what I mean. It's, it's all of this, you know, the thing about people is that they don't apply this kind of, oh, well, we didn't know back then in the past kind of thinking. We know better now. And yet they still don't manage to actually achieve it in the present. This is the yeah. trick. You've got to kind mm -hmm. of think in the same way in the present as a person who has learned from the lessons of the past. So you have to suspect that things happening right now may actually be subject to the same kind of, uh, let's say, uh, slippage from the governance of truth <laughs> that uh, went on in the past. And then, so you don't do this thing of in 10 years time, you're sort of interviewed, you know, in a darkened room with, you know, poignant piano music playing with tears running down your face saying, we never knew at the time. You bloody did know at the time. <laughs> you yeah, stuck they did know. They know now what's going on and they knew back then. Everyone, yeah. everyone in the world of entertainment knew what was going on with Jimmy Savile. Yes, yes. I mean, I mean, I mean, obviously, us, us kids watching Jim will fix it didn't probably have much of a sort of a dicky bird. But uh, yeah, I mean, it seems that people were aware and obviously things were reported. I mean, cases were literally reported to the BBC, to the police at the time. Uh, one young girl, about 15, ended up committing suicide uh, after reporting it. 
and um, you know this just they just kind of blithely went on their way saying nothing to see here and uh, that's the problem that's the problem it's the instantaneous uh, resort to denial that I think we have to sort of deal with you know you don't necessarily yeah, believe I mean, every story you're told but you do have to true, look into yeah, it yeah and there's just the like well I don't want to get involved it's be a hassle for me to get involved in doing things you know you're a BBC executive is like I don't want to have to deal with that yeah. Okay, I'm getting paid a fortune to do things like that, but you know, it's a hassle for me. Could cause all sorts of unpleasant things, you know, lots of skeletons being unearthed from 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 closets and so on. So let's just let's just let's just keep a lid on that then. Yeah. As Paul it's Fulton not... says in the chat, the best test is to imagine having to justify what you saw going on ten years on. And I think that will sober a few people up. But, uh, you know, I guess uh, we're not going to sort of uh, get any of that anytime soon uh, with the uh, current situation. We're just going to sort of plow on remorselessly until uh, enough people die or enough people have, uh, you know, a miserable life. And uh, and then maybe the uh, the balance will swing in the favor of truth. And once again, we'll go through the uh, odious pantomime that Britain goes through every few years of saying this must never happen again. I mean, I remember, you know, they, when, you know, kids getting killed in care, you know, was happening sort of you know, 20 odd years ago. I remember the first cases of, you know, uh, that poor little girl, Victoria Clambier, getting killed and nobody paid the blindest bit of attention to it. And then a succession of kids were variously killed and burned and drowned and all these things happen. And every time, you know, we all know the refrain, lessons must be learned. And of course, the lessons are never learned. The one thing we learn from history is that people do not learn from history. And preserving that state of mind in the present where you're prepared to say, no, we actually have to challenge this. We find out how difficult that is in the last few years, haven't we? You, Everybody crowds around to uh, say, no, 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 uh, keep quiet, uh, nothing's the, going the lesson, on. The lesson that was learned and always is learned is, mm. is stay clear of these things, wash your hands of them, don't get involved, don't let them get near you. Yeah, yeah. So this is another story, uh, uh, this is another sad one. A, a family listened in shock today as a pathologist revealed his belief that a mother of two died of rare complication, rare, yeah, really rare, mm. from the uh, P-F-I-Z-E-R, hermit okay. crab. Mm. A post-mortem examination on the body of Dawn Waldridge had previously proved inconclusive, but today an inquest heard that the unexpected death, which happened 11 days after Mrs. Waldridge's first hermit crab, was likely caused as a result of the hermit crab. She was found dead in her home by her brother in June last year after she failed to collect her five-year-old son from school that day. It's mm. just really heartbreaking, and she looks really nice too. On the Ghastly circumstances. I, I read about the case and how she was found as well. I mean, it was just utterly, utterly dreadful. But the idea that, uh, you know, the, the, the key word, unexpected, I mean, that's the thing, that's one of those words that needs to do a lot more work in people's imaginations, isn't it? You know, they're looking, I mean, you know, we, we talk about humans as sort of, you know, pattern forming and pattern recognizing animals. And it's, it's, it's just that a lot of people seem to have forgotten their capacity for recognizing patterns, haven't they? You know, their memory of what life is like when it's normal and everything is fine and then contrast and compare as they say that with uh, what what is happening now uh, it's it's amazing the capacity for people to to completely forget that uh, that sort of element of critical thinking about comparing what happened a few years ago with what happens now looking at the difference and seeing is there an unexpected change that's going on there why would it be changing what's what's to account for that so the the coroner said uh, she'd been healthy at the time of her death. The toxicology report had found no signs of anything in her system. 
The only points noted were inflammation of the heart, fluid in her lungs alongside a small clot on her lungs. These, alongside menstrual irregularity complaints of pain in her jaw and arm in the days after the hermit crab, the pathologist suggested were linked to myocarditis. He told mm. the coroner, uh, well, this is a doctor talking to the coroner, on the balance probability she had hermit crab-related problems. There is nothing else for me to hang my hat on. The most, It is the most likely reason in my conclusion. It is more like than likely that Dawn died in response to the hermit crab. Now, here's the interesting bit. Husband Ashley was visibly shocked in the coroner's room by the change in the pathologist's perspective. Mm. Visibly shocked. Why was he shocked? Because he'd been bloody lied to. Yes. He'd been lied to. We've all been lied to. They lied through their teeth about this for, for years. Mm. And he's shocked because people are finally realizing that, oh, these things weren't safe and effective. These things were ineffective and dangerous and deadly. That's why yeah. he was shocked. Yes. Yes. I mean, I, I had a connection recently to some of this, you know, whereas before I hadn't heard many, you know, one-to-one -one stories of, of these things happening. But recently I did have, uh, you know, an encounter with someone, a um, young woman in her 30s, uh, directly telling me that, uh, you know, she'd had uh, the, uh, the old hermit. And um, as a subsequence, uh, her periods had stopped and she was getting blisters on her skin, water-filled blisters. Um, Possibly no connection at all, <laughs> but nonetheless, um, it was kind of odd that uh, it, certainly the uh, the menstrual symptoms were notable for you know my memory of obviously a lot of people reporting these kinds of uh, disrupted patterns in their lives and um, yeah, uh, she didn't necessarily quite seem ready to make the mental connection as well after having had her it was after having her booster I think uh, after you know her sort of third effective shot. Uh, right. something like that but it was uh yeah i thought well i thought you know shall i say shall i not say you know and uh there you have it you know that's the sort of uh that's the sort of thing you're going to uh, find probably a lot more of but again you see these things I, i've seen these things going around twitter this week i've seen a couple of people pictures of people who've had to have uh, legs amputated uh because of uh issues to do with the old uh with the old crab and um yeah. Yeah, i mean I, I just a coincidence <coughs> folks nothing to see here yeah because yeah. of course we well, you know, we've been alive for decades and we always remember yeah. it always happens. People lose their legs yeah. all the time. I, loads of my friends over the years have lost their legs. That's right. You're just, you're just there one day shaking out the duvet and pop off. You go off easy leg, plonk on the ground and uh, your leg falls off. It, it just happens. So, um, yeah, yeah. Move Here's on. another woman. You're going to worry, <laughs> wonder whether she's going to put two and two together. Right. So. The daughter of this is an Australian story. The daughter of one of the country's top doctors, who became a voice for nurses struggling through the COVID pandemic, has died suddenly in her sleep. Australian Medical Association South Australia President Michelle Atchison revealed on Twitter that her 26-year-old daughter Kaylin had died on Wednesday. The light in our life has gone out. My beautiful and only daughter died yesterday. She wrote on Thursday. She never woke up. It was so utterly unexpected and my husband and my hearts are shattered. I really don't know what to do. Well, I know what to do. Get mm. revenge. Yes. Start that packing word some heat and go out looking for revenge. Well, revenge is what drives me at the moment. Yeah. Just I have just have this thirst for revenge on the, the, the and I think that's elite. That's a decent and candid admission, which I think a lot of us probably share. And uh, it's that word again. There it is, unexpected, just popping in, blithely yeah. unexpected. Uh, this was, uh, you know, the plane just uh, crashed into the building unexpectedly. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying anything more about that. But, um, yeah, yeah. All and, of these, course, we uh, look down the rest of the article, nothing whatsoever about any possible yeah. role of the hermit crab. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, never mind. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, uh, democracy yeah, so is uh, unexpectedly on pause at the moment. And Let's uh, have a look at the comments. There's not many comments. One says, very sad. There seems to be a lot of these deaths of young people in the last year or so. Mm. Young mm. people. Another sudden death in a young person. Tragic. Yeah, yeah young people yeah i mean this is the thing you know i mean it, it, it isn't normal i mean i worked for a period in uh, the medical field let's say and uh, as a layman i was one of those people who was filled with deadly fears of all sorts of ailments uh, that uh, might strike me at any time and i learned actually um you know really let's be honest most people between the ages of 18 and 55 you're not going to get any big bad grown-up diseases you're going to be okay that stomach ache is not cancer you know uh, that thing on your skin is is not a uh, is not a carcinoma of any kind you know you you, you well, young people worry too much about their health i mean yes genuinely some young people do get illnesses that can happen but it's relatively rare for most of us and and young people don't just pop their clogs like that this is this is not normal uh yes there are other reasons why young people may die you may be in a car crash yes you may fall off a bridge you may commit suicide you know there's all sorts of things that could happen but i don't think the uh the normal warp and weft of life is uh seasoned by the uh, mortality of youth uh you know below that kind of age and after that well you know it's uh it's all to play for the game gets a little bit more complicated and yes you get some sort of fairly adult diseases happening but before then like you know don't sweat the small stuff uh, because a lot of it is. Um, but uh, yes, I'm not saying uh, things can't happen, but uh, this is relatively unusual. And Vox Pop says, I like it when Hector Drummond voices more anger than me after half a bottle of fire malt. You should listen to me after half a bottle of whiskey. Mm. I'm raging. Yeah. Yeah. Um, people talking mm. about Mark Stein doing a good job. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've, I've always I'm, loved Mark Stein. I've always thought he's great. Yes. And some people might have thought, oh, perhaps he's a bit, a bit mainstream for us these days. No, he's great. Mark Stein's always people, been good and he always will be. People used to be very sniffy and, and like, because he used to do the Mark Stein cruise um, and people, you know, had this phrase cruise ship conservatives for a while. That was more um, about the, the National Review types than Mark Stein, although Mark Stein oh, was on the National Review. But Mark Stein uh, quit the National Review because they were too centrist for him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, Mark Stein is a great thing. I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't like the cruise. I, I didn't, I never approved of his cruises. I will agree, he did deserve to be criticised for that. Yeah, this is cruising in the sense, by the way, of uh, going on a passenger ship for a uh, pleasant uh, sojourn around the seas, not. Uh, not cruising as in uh, Hampstead Heath or anything like that. But um, yeah, Mark Stein is a great thing, a wonderful thing. I think a much underrated uh, thing um, and, and put in perhaps sometimes an invidious position by GB News. But I hear I have heard good things of late that he has been diligently covering this and uh, bringing it to uh, the attention of uh, people more broadly. Yeah, I think he's, he's slowly bringing GB News around to his way of looking at the world. I don't know why they don't treat him like a crown jewel. I mean, he's, he, is, he is so good. I mean, go and look at his books. Uh, America Alone, I think, particularly, was the one that uh, influenced a lot of people, which he wrote it was about 15, 16 years ago now, I think. Um, yeah. You know, and Demography is Destiny was, I think, one of his key phrases, which uh, rings down the years. Uh, you know, he saw it all coming, and he's said it in an extremely uh, straightforward, understandable, and decent way uh, to make the case as uh, strongly as possible. So and, and I the way that, that gets him featured in the mainstream media, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He doesn't really dilute it, but he says it in a way that means he doesn't get blackballed by the media. Yeah, yeah. And, and he riffs extremely amusingly when he, uh, when he talks about stuff. Now, he's an awful man. His name is Professor John Edmonds. Oh. He is one of the people on SAGE who was 
strongly pushing lockdown. And now he's come out and said, oh, Britain relied too much on very scary SAGE models to decide on lockdowns. Uh, just months after SAGE predicted 6,000 deaths per day and called for a Christmas lockdown in response to Omicron, John Edmonds says that the models were only supposed to be one component of decision making, but were leaned on too much by ministers. He accepted that the models failed to account for the economic harm and the knock-on health effects that lockdown caused. Uh, he admitted these harms in principle could have been factored into models, but in practice they were not. So he's one of the chief villains of the whole thing. And now he's saying, oh, yeah, yeah, we didn't do a good job. Yeah, we, we should have done all this and should have done all that. It's like, it's too late now, no. mate. We remember what you did. Mm. You are on the list. Don't, yeah, don't there's a, get away with it. There's a whole lot of chutzpah that needs to be accounted for, I have to say. <laughs> I mean, this kind of stuff is, uh, is uh, I, I, I guess they're trying to get ahead of the curve, aren't they? And, and do this, uh, you know, this uh, washing their hands of it. Well, it wasn't anything to do with me, folks. You know, uh, nothing to see. And, well, uh, he is admitting he, he can't really deny it was to do with him, but he's sort of saying, "Well, yeah. we made mis mistakes were made." Yeah, this he doesn't actually say lessons will be learned, but that's basically seems to be what he's kind of getting. Yeah, at. this is what psychiatrists call uh, minimizing. Uh, typically, when they talk to people like serial killers who try to make out uh, it wasn't all that bad, I was just letting off a bit of steam as I uh, skinned those people and uh, you know <laughs> pranced around in uh, in uh, their body suits uh, for uh, for jollies and lols. They, they, um, they were cries for help. No, that's it. Yeah, absolutely. Society yeah. is to blame. That's right. Mummy didn't give me a teddy bear when I was young, uh, which is uh, why I smashed his face in, uh, Your Honour. Yeah. So the chair of the so this guy was the chair of the SBI modelling group, uh, which is the Sage subcommittee, which Spy does B? the computer modelling. Spy M. B Spy is the M. behavioural scientist. He's the modelling guy. Spim. He previously admitted that the groups did not consider optimistic scenarios because that doesn't get decisions made. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was he was giving the regime what it wanted, and by the regime, I don't necessarily mean the top politicians in charge. I mean the people who are really in charge. Yes, yes, yes. I mean this is uh, another uh, example of what Ben Pyle's talked about a lot as well. Is that old, good old precautionary principle from uh, the seventies uh, eco loonies making its way as it has done through the Blair years into politics? Always imagine the worst scenario, plan around that. Yes, of course, it makes a certain kind of sense if you think about it in one way. You do plan for things that could go wrong, but you don't use that as a manual and a textbook for running your society. It's a backup plan. It's not the one that you actually go, oh, well, we might as well just use this for running everything. So everything well, it's also be... it's a selective use of the precautionary principle because the precautionary yeah. principle applies can be applied to everything. It can be applied to lockdowns. Well, yeah. Is it wise to bring in lockdowns? Precautionary principle tells us that um, we shouldn't be going ahead with lockdowns because they'll cause all sorts of disastrous damage to society. So better safe than sorry. We better not do lockdowns. Well, you might. So you think can apply that. it to everything. Yes. What they're doing is selective use. They're applying the precautionary principle to the things they want it applied to in order to bring about societal change that they want. Oh, you, you and your radical application of logic and your, your, your clever clogs professor trousers that you're uh, wearing there. I mean, surely, surely they shouldn't be listening to you. They should be listening to loonies like Spy B and Spy M. Is there a Spy V like Spiv or something? Is there some sort of uh, organization? <laughs> I mean, why, isn't, why, why, aren't these, why haven't we just sacked all these people then? If they were wrong, let's sack them all. Yeah. Not let them near any anywhere near the levers of power ever again. Yeah, let the trial. I mean, even begin. if you don't think they should be in jail, I mean, we do. But even if you think don't think they go that far, you should at least yeah. see them sacked and taken away from positions of influence, and not just them, but anyone like them. 
Yeah, but this is the culture of failing upwards, isn't it? There's never going to be any uh, that revenge word that you used earlier. All of that stuff never going to happen. It's all going to be these people are going to be in the new New Year's honors list, aren't they? That's that's well, what we're going to be seeing. There's more likely that we'll get revenge one day than the regime itself will um, clean its house and sack these people. Yeah, well, they're certainly not making it easy for us to uh, see our way forward into the uh, sunlit uplands. But uh, yeah, good luck. It's uh, thought, it's on its I, way. I thought we'd look take a little few blasts from the past in regards to lockdowns here's a here's a video from a while back mm -hmm. in case you're getting nostalgic for 2020 or 2021. Here's yeah. another one from a few years ago, which I hadn't been able to play on the show before because you had to be over 18 to, to, to view it. Okay. Um, but I've managed to down I've managed to download it now. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's from our friend Mr. Tim Price and Paul Rodriguez. Uh huh. It's Christmas time. Let's make sure everyone's afraid At Christmas time We banish light and extend the shade And from our lodge in Davos The world is just a toy Throw our arms around the world At Christmas time Say a prayer, it won't help you much. Christmas time's hard for you, but at least we'll be having fun. You view the world from just your window as we wrap up the fear. We're the only water flowing. Is the sting of And the Christmas bells that ring there Are the clanging chimes of Zoom Oh fuck, it's Bono! Well tonight, thank God it's you Instead of us You might as well move to Africa This Christmas time Greatest gift y'all get this year is lies 
that news We've just fucked your Christmas plans again Here's to us Raise a glass for Davos, man Fuck the plebs We'll just lock them down again Do they know it's Christmas time at all? Okay, I thought this was the F the World song. It is the that? one, yeah. It's yeah, it's just coming out to the chorus. All right, let's keep playing it. I'll go with it. Fuck the world. We just fucked your Christmas plans again. Fuck the world. We just fucked your Christmas plans again. Fuck the That's enough of that. That was uh, Tim Price and Paul Rodriguez um, from Far Cough Productions. Never knowingly underdone, these guys. This is the thing I like. I mean, it's subtle to these guys is an insult word. Uh, you know, they, they, go, they go the whole hog each time. I think this is actually probably, for me, one of the best videos they've done. In fact, probably the best one that they did because I think it uh, captures think, nicely. Yeah, this one, this one and the um, uh, Zulu parody, definitely. Indeed, you recognise a few people in there wiggling around. I could see Dominic Frisbee was in there. Leo Curse was in there as well. And uh, I think our friend uh, Alex might have been... Uh, bopping away in the background and um i think uh, yeah paul and tim doing the vocals so um yeah wonder rather if, marvelous um, wonder if leo curse brought his transgender girlfriend along uh, no that was that was back then not now the the current lady i believe is uh, actually a, a lady yeah but i mean back and, then would have been when he had the transgender girlfriend well i'm not saying anything but i think he did do a comedy act at that time where he did say that that was the case and i went and saw it so i know right yeah how the times yeah. have changed. Let's let's not talk about Leo Curse. Yeah, let's avoid the subject of uh, uh, transgenderism and all of the uh, embarrassing problems that come with that. What else remains? Right. Um, mostly videos. Got a few more videos to show. Um, let's see what else we got. Okay. <coughs> um, oh, I've got some bark. I did say we'd play some more bark. So this is a Bach piece, Invention in F Major, which I used to play when I was a kid and I loved it. And my daughter's actually going to start learning this soon. Um, unless we decide to go with a new syllabus, because the new ABRSM syllabus is coming out in June. So we'll right. have a look at that and see if it's better than the current syllabus. Because apparently now there's even more songs available. You know, the, right. the last syllabus, they you used to have like six songs from each. You'd have a, a section A, B, and C, and six possible songs you could choose from from each. And then it went up to ten, which was better actually because you got more choice. And now apparently it's going to go to like twenty or something, which is mm. good because you get because a lot of the pieces they have are pretty boring. So but at the least. pieces the better. You can find ones you like. 
at least though presumably i mean I, you know i think it's very obviously we think it's very naff going on about woke shit and all of that but at least music like kids learning music is relatively untouched by all of that kind of woke stuff isn't it reasonably so yes yeah yeah um not completely so um but i'm not going to go into that now i suspect um, it's not so this this is a ver I, there were quite a few um videos of this one on the web and i chose this one because um it was it was sort of a fantasy had a fantasy thing with a a lovely um blonde woman in a lovely dress in a sort of slightly fantasy setting so that's kind of why i went for it right it's played on it played on a a spinet or a spinet a spinet yes indeed yeah, before you nice. go into the thing about the lady in the fantasy setting by the way i just have to mention has anybody seen that ghastly video that madonna put out this week the one of her kind of like as a cgi'd um, mother, you know, Gaia figure with no. uh, various uh, bits of nature er erupting out of her nether parts. Have you seen it? Have you not seen it? This no, was, no. I think, New York Post was carrying a story about this. Uh, um, yeah, she's kind of, um, I don't know, she's created some kind of CGI avatar of herself lying uh, spread eagled in the midst of a forest with uh, uh, branches and greenery and uh, insects uh, growing and uh, moving out of her um, her uh, fufu la la, as uh, they say. And uh, it's just ghastly, and nobody knows what it means. Um, don't go and watch it. It's uh, it's traumatizing. I won't then. Did you, did you see Britney Spears has been posting naked pictures yes. of herself? Yes. Um, yes. With just a little love heart, pink love heart uh, emoji thing covering up her. Um, yes. Tuppence. Yes. Yes. Cry for help, as you say. Or maybe maybe it's just kind of like you know record sales are flagging a bit, so I'll uh, just stand in my uh, marbled luxury shower in Beverly Hills, and uh, take pictures of myself in the nutty. And uh, and why not? It's a free country. Oh no, I forgot. It she isn't. doesn't quite so, have the creativity of Madonna, there, does she? Not that I approve of what Madonna's doing. I, I think it's, yeah. it's it's sad and degenerate. But at least she's sort of showing a bit of attempting to put a bit of artistic creativity. In it. Whereas Brit yeah. Britney Spears just goes. Here's me naked, and I'll just cover up, slightly cover See, up. The really, I take really the complete, I take the complete opposite view on this. I think actually, Brittany uh, has got the charm of a uh, a cheeky uh, uh, post uh, postcard from the seaside, let's say uh, from uh, from the fifties. Whereas uh, Madonna has gone full uh, David Cronenberg, and I think this is yeah, not something think, well, that's, that's, uh, that's true. Yes. safe for children, uh, as it were, or even safe for adults. I would say uh, don't uh, don't look at uh, the Madonna uh, pictures. Look at uh, Brittany and, and all of her buff nudity. I'm not, sure around. It's, it's, I'm not sure it's sort of innocent, saucy postcard with her. I no, she's, got, she's gone. She's still a bit mad, isn't she? She's got mad eyes. Yes, that's the that's that's the that's the bit where it lets the whole thing down. When your um, when your soft porn is uh, tainted by the uh, insanity of the person posing, uh, that does take the edge off it uh, a bit. All right, so let's look at this video then. Fair enough. Actually, she's not blonde. She's a bit of a redhead. Okay, it's all starting out pleasantly enough, but uh, I hope that there's no greenery growing out of her like Madonna. No. I'm just, I'm just a little bit, you know. Well, if there is, it's covered up by the dress. Sensitive now it. about the possibility of that.
that was um, that was nice and wholesome, and yet uh, surprisingly, yeah, nothing did erupt out of her at the end, which I'm very pleased to say uh, is uh, is uh, yeah. A, 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 what's what's the you know, it's like a, a timeline cleanser on Twitter where people put you know, pictures of kittens or something. That uh, yes, that, I think that probably saves the week actually. Uh, it, it, well, it's sort of it's like the sort of life you'd, you'd like to be living. You sort of, that should be my life. Yeah, I'd love to live in a sort of very uh, green uh, estate with uh, blossom trees and uh, nubile maidens playing the the spinet uh, 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 at me. Yeah, the only thing was it was a bit quiet, so um, I do apologise if you couldn't no. hear it very well. No, that was all right. That was nice. It was, it was short and to the point. I mean, uh, what more wholesome a note could we leave people on for today? Uh, go and uh, indulge in the joys of nature. It, it's yet another sunny day, and it's the Gulf Stream. So uh, I urge you to go out and uh, you know meet friends and uh, join them for... Uh, Perhaps some gentle imbibing of um, fermented uh, fermented sugars and in the sunshine, and to, to enjoy uh, the rest of your life uh, because this is where it starts. So often, uh, it's it's a sunny day on a Friday now, isn't it? It is. It is. I think someone is smiling on us, even if uh, uh, the rest of the world is scowling. And uh, you know, I just I think that's 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 the story of the Gulf Stream. You know, at the end of the day, uh, we are uh, blessed in our little plot of the internet here. Right. Um, I don't have to go on the school run today, but maybe that's a good point to leave the show on because that was such a nice ending. Yes, we want to leave you wanting more. Yes. By popular demand, we're going to stay for another three hours. No, no, really. Don't don't insist. We, we insist. <laughs> Lawrence Wainwright says it's pissing down where he is. I've heard this a few times this week. People say it's actually raining where they are, but the weather's been relatively pleasant. And I think we are in for uh, a little uh, sort of spring hiatus before we probably get sort of a barrage of rain. Then we have two hot days in summer and then it's a barrage of rain again and then we're back to winter. So, uh, yeah, enjoy it while it lasts, folks. And it's Friday the 13th, says Vox Pop. Yes, yeah, what, yes. what better an omen could there be for the way things are going? Uh, so anything, anything to to shill, Simon, before you go? Is the, uh, the the difficult second album? Dif the difficult second album second. still remains very, very difficult, and uh, yeah, having the time to actually attend to it is proving more challenging than I had at first thought. Um, at the moment, I believe I may be on uh, the uh, Academic Agent channel on Tuesday, if all things are going to no, sorry, Monday, I should say, if all things are going to plan, doing a stream about plays and theatre with AA and Ferro. Um, I, but I think we did have a discussion that they may be changing the schedule recently, so I'm not sure if that's still going on. Um, but that is coming up, and I'm going to be talking probably about Henry VI, Pinter's The Birthday Party, and Glengarry Glen Ross. So, uh, yeah, uh, London Radio will be tuning in there in the chat. Uh, first on the uh, on the uh, first thing on the dotted line on uh, Monday. Um, and if it's not on Monday, I apologise, it'll be another Monday on The Deepest Law. It is being agreed, but uh, I just don't know if it's going to happen. And I understand the uh, the the Worcester meet for Third Wednesday has changed back to Worcester. It was Ledbury. Oh. It's now Worcester again. Is that true? I don't know about that, but I think um, I think that's I think a good I saw thing. Dick Dellingpole tweet that. Yeah, I think that's a good thing because there's lots and lots of interesting pubs in Worcester that people could go to. Um, the one in Ledbury, you know, has had a good long run um, for the last year. And uh, I think it's time to sort of get back into some of the uh, charming, historic and uh, real uh, pubs from the uh, 17th century, which you can um, get in Worcester. Lots of really, you know, really cozy places, big roaring fires, wooden beams, um, very nice uh, ales and uh, ciders and uh, pork pies if you want them. So, uh, yeah, get down there. Okay, um, we'll see everyone next week then. See you for this week. All right, people. Have a good one. Cheers. <laughs>